0: So Michael returned to the office to try and free his uncle don't buy, don't
1: buy, don't buy. When he realized how much that freedom would cost his employees
2: Don't buy, we did it Mikey We're super rich again And I'm going to buy a car, the Volvo
3: now, Lindsay, you're not going to start spending money And this is not a Volvo
2: Oh, that's her sitting on the copier
4: hey, Michael, I've got nothing My husband dumped me and ran off to Vegas with Kitty That bleach blonde whore
5: He's definitely got it tight
4: I can't believe he left me I mean, this? And these? And this?
5: That's the car. No. This? No. kind okay. of didn't spring for color. Lindsay, the only reason you want to buy us is because you can't have them. And the second that you can have something, all of a sudden you don't want it.
4: Oh, that's not who I am,
5: Michael. All okay. right. Oh, maybe you're right. Maybe we should get you this car. Yeah.
4: I don't know. It's so boxy. <laughs>
0: do here? Uh, well, we're early. I think it's like 10.59 or 11.01 or something. Jesus. Why, hello. It's uh, 11, I guess. After whatever. Here, at 11. Whatever. Uh, in the uh, month of February, in the year of our Lord, 2008, thank you for coming along and making a part of your listening day. We are live from the plushly appointed, yet not overly ostentatious studios of AM970, Southern State Radio. Uh, we are here in beautiful downtown Portland, Oregon. Thank you for coming by. A city where the children are well scrubbed and the women are stout. Uh, it's 503, up heart. 503-733-2970. 503-733-2970. If you'd like to join us today, telephonically speaking. Five zero three seven three three two nine seventy. Richie Bristol standing by, ready, willing, and able uh, to uh, pass along your observations about the interesting, the groundbreaking, the tedious, the mundane, uh, the whatever, the whatnot, the ends, the odds, uh, the what have you. Ruminations on the passing of William F. Buckley Jr. Imagine how old William F. Buckley Sr. Was, must have looked. I mean, briefly honest, I remember seeing Bill Buckley, and I don't just mean like firing line Bill Buckley, seeing uh, William Buckley. You see these interviews with him from like 1962, where he's already like a thousand years old. Looks like Methuselah's uncle, wearing those long stretch socks that went <laughs> up to his neck, with his legs crouched in that chair. Seriously, making conservatism unsexy since 1849. William F. Buckley Jr. The great. I will say this uh, about William. I'll be curious to see. What, if anything, our good friend Christopher Hitchens has to say about the passing of William F. Buckley because they are very clearly cut from the same cloth. I mean, they're on different sides of the ideological spectrum. I'm not... And don't worry, this is not going to be a four-hour show about William F. Buckley Jr. Because if I did, it would take 40 hours, first of all. Because I'd have to speak like this and look at the camera to devilishly arch an eyebrow now and again (laughs) and then and then sort of twirl a pencil between my fingers and look on with wide-eyed glee anyway, as a debate nerd though uh, let me say that uh, William William F. Buckley Jr. will be missed anyway What was I doing? I don't know. Uh, If you want to uh, join us today, if you want, you should call. It is uh, 503-733-2970 with your comments, your clarifications, your kvetchus, your two cents, your what have you. You know, nobody ever has any kvetchus. I say that every day because I like to bring the Yiddish, but it never really comes to fruition. Did we get people clarifications? Yes. Comments? Yeah. Two cents? Uh Uh-huh. Questions? Sure. Kvetchus? Not so much. Well, maybe today will be the day. Uh, anyways, 503 733 2970. If you want to email us, you can do that as well. It's rick at rickemerson.com. rick at rickemerson.com. Sarah at 970.am. Tim at 970.am. Or uh, Richie with a T at 970.am. What's coming up in the day's excursion into frivolity? Uh, well, I'll tell you, CNN radio correspondent Lisa Desjardins will join us today about last night's bless you. Last night's largely unremarka- uh, unremarkable debate between Hillary uh, Clinton and Barack Obama. I fell asleep and woke up at the very end. <laughs> Thank goodness there was like this three-minute re- recap, so I was able to catch up. And then they played it back-to-back twice again. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, uh, I was uh, puttering around the house, as they say, uh, doing some work and just whatnot. And, and, and it's like they would do the debate, and then they would have recap, and then the debate, and then recap, and then debate and recap. Because And there was nothing about it on CNN. See, the, the, Tim and I found out... We, Came in today, we were sort of comparing notes, and Tim and I had exactly the same experience last night. Where Tim and I were both, did you see Pat Buchanan? And Pat Buchanan was on MSNBC. And the, we both sort of arrived at M- M- MSNBC as like, like a means of last resort because I think you and I were both flipping around last night in our respective homes looking for the debate. It was on nowhere. It's a network they get so respect
1: from Comcast.
0: Uh, and it was it wasn't on CNN. It wasn't on Fox. And of course, I realized eventually that CNN wasn't going to give any play to a debate that wasn't on their network. It does, by the way. A lot of people try to diminish CNN's stature in the news gathering world now. They say that maybe you know the CNN isn't the powerhouse it once was. But you know, I'll tell you this. Uh, The last debate that was carried on CNN, uh, you know who else carried that? Uh, MSNBC had a big thing about it, and so the last debate was aired on CNN. I know this is gripping. The last debate was aired on CNN. MSNBC did a whole bunch of recaps, and... The great thing about it is that CNN had just covered every available surface with a CNN logo. And so at MSNBC, they were having to show the CNN logo every single place the camera looked. It did not work two ways, though, because last night the the debate was only on, M- on, on on NBC, which means the recap. And MSNBC is on channel like 7,050 or something, like 7,050B. And one of those channels that you sort of have forgotten it's like it's like finding ten dollars in the pocket of a coat that you're getting ready to give to Goodwill. That's what it was like last night finding the debate stuff on MSNBC. Oh yeah, MSNBC. I forgot about that. And I went there and there it was, and there there was Pat Buchanan, uh, and also Andrea Mitchell. And all, it was like the whole IMUS cast was there. Andrea Mitchell was there. David Gregory was there. I they were all. I kept waiting for Mike Barnacle to show up. So uh, anyway, so we'll talk a little bit about that. As Chris Needham noted last night, the only thing really exceptional about Hillary is I think she had tinted contacts on. She did, her eyes did look sort of, she did kind of have the eyes of the hypnotoad last night, where it was sort of a, stare deep into my visage and sleep, sleep my children. And it was, it was she was sort of, I mean, you know, I, I find Hillary attractive is the wrong word. She can occasionally be pleasing. You like her power. Well, that, and she has good hair. And last night, I, she, she really. She
6: does have fabulous hair. Her
0: hair is fantastic. It's looking it really, really is. Good these days. And she doesn't get the You know, a lot of times you get to turn 60 and you get the old woman hair, where it's all curly and thin and blue. And she doesn't have that. She looks really good. Uh, it, for, she looks good from the eyes up. Really, if you look from the eyes north, everything is fine on her. The rest is sort of a. The rest is, uh, Michael Ovitz used to say, is, is all the bad news. Uh, but she did have a certain a sparkle in her eye last night. She looked good. Uh, not good enough to. Uh, to really uh, land a knockout punch on Barack Obama, who just sort of ignores her. That's kind of his whole thing now. And I am running for president! And Barack just kind of, okay, well then. All right. And that's sort of his response to everything. Anyway, we'll talk about that. Uh, we have a, uh, uh, can you sweeten my microphone ever so slightly? Thank you. Uh, we have a fantastic top five coming up today. A great top five. A wonderful top five. A top five that I did not create. Uh, from a listener in the audience, a guy named uh, Brian, formerly the Oregon Music Guide, created a top five that really, I was putting it together in my office, and it was just making me smile. That's how you know it's good. So uh, we will get to that today. A Great, great, great top five today. Uh, Let's see, what else? Uh, Britney Watch, Taser Watch, Mr. Skin will join us today. We'll answer the magical question, where is CBS's money going today? Uh, Hint to no one here in this room.
4: Uh, Let's see, what else?
0: Well, probably some other stuff. It seems like I wrote some other things down, but damned if I know where they went. Uh, Plus, your phone calls. It's 503-733-2970. Tim Riley working in the following stories for your edification today. An angry Milwaukee neighbor throws a log at a speed error.
1: (laughs) The Blazers' Greg Owen endorses Barack Obama. The grandfather of all the blowhards, William F. Buckley, dies, making Nancy Reagan sad. Exploding toilets force the evacuation of an Auburn, Washington old folks home. A high school girl sets her science teacher's hair on fire. There's been an earthquake in England? True. Too much dirty dancing takes its toll and Prince gets ready for hip replacement surgery. He's like, a, you know,
0: Prince is almost 50. I think 49. Something like that. You don't really think about Prince being old enough to get a hip replacement surgery. I think Paul Stanley from Kiss has had hip replacement surgery twice. Jesus. All right. The hand of time comes for us all. No, oh, that, that starts in the uh, mid 40s now. Is that true? For a lot of people, yeah. Is the mid mid 40s or the new 60? Or I whatever. Guess so. The new black? Hip it, replacement it, is the new black. Dancing involved. Well, I mean, well, let's be honest. If you're Prince, you're probably. I mean. If you're Prince, probably the few moments you're not spending having sex with thousands of people every week is spent jumping around to the stage somewhere. And did it for Paul Stanley. So Paul Stanley probably, and you know, a lot of that is to be the acrobatics are sort to of blame for that. But, uh, you know, I got a friend who's just about my age, actually. Maybe a little older. I mean, 40, 41. Uh, he's already on his third hip surgery. And I don't think it's like a, whatever you call it, congenital, you know, like a, an, uh, whatever, whatever that's called. Uh, uh, genetic or whatever. I think he just needs to be... You know, He's just got a bum, a bum hip, as they say. So, I don't know. Hips seem to be the weak link in the human body, don't you think? Teeth, hips, and teeth. Well, Boy, teeth don't you or some of us? Can I, can I say something that may sound creepy, Tim? Sure. Would you mind if I said this? No, please do. Don't you wish that you just had big metal teeth? Not like in the Richard Keel sense. Well, some of my back teeth are. <laughs> okay, well, never mind. You're on your way. You're... Tim's on a quest for a mouthful of them. <laughs> you're only... He's part newsman, part machine. The original ones do have gold and metal. I mean, I understand. Look, I don't mean to fault the maker. Uh, you know, and I know the human body is pretty amazing and so forth. But you're right. Teeth are really the weak link. i got to brush them. i got to floss them. i got to take care of them. Doesn't it seem like you should just be able to they get rid have of...
6: Them? huge amounts of pain in your head?
0: Seriously, they get cavities, they whatever. It, it, doesn't it seem like you ought to be able to just put in some, like, titanium teeth that would last you forever? Because think about it. Your teeth don't really need to be sharp as such. No. Uh, they only need to be able to grind. And frankly, the, the only teeth that really need to be sharp are, I believe, your incisors. And here's the thing I don't really understand. Do your teeth... This is another one of those science questions. Sarah pointed out yesterday, the, the Times, this becomes the Bill Wattenberg show, where it's a whole lot of,
4: uh, the, the Bill, uh, do I weigh less
0: if I stand on my head? And if so, why? I'll take you. answer off the air. Thank you. News Talk, 8, 10, get you. Uh But, uh, what was I saying? Uh, but do your teeth sharpen themselves somehow? That's a question I don't really know the answer to. No, no, no. Now, you think it's silly. You... No, I don't
6: think it's silly. That's just the dumbest question, because it doesn't. It okay, I don't say know that back.
0: You don't think it's silly. You just think it's the dumbest question. Because
6: it's true. Because I think about that as well.
0: Do you really? I
6: really do. Because you like because your front you, teeth or you're... Or else they just wear down to like uh, little
0: nubs. Is that the one of the two front? Like your buck teeth? Those are what? Those aren't your canines. Those are your incisors, maybe. I think your canines are the pointy ones and like your vampire teeth there. Whatever. The point is, they're they're biting into stuff all you know every day every every day of your life. yeah, mine are super sharp. and doesn't it seem like they'd be worn down eventually? So my question is, does you, does your body sharpen them somehow? And if so, how? Maybe that's why we Salt can't get sharpening. but see is is that but is that true? And' if maybe that's why we can't get metal teeth. I mean, these are the things I think about this really honestly. and when I say these are the things I think about, that's not like a kooky wacky catchphrase that these really literally these are I've got a whole tablet full of these things. Do you want another one? Here's one. This. Uh, do you want one about... Uh, let's see here. Uh, I, got, I got one about sunglasses. That was the one that... We had sunglasses, or I got one about uh, the immune system. Which one do we want? Can we have both? Or do you want to do teeth it's first? It's why don't we do teeth? Then we'll move on to sunglasses, then the immune system. And then on with the show? I write down questions like this all day, every day, because I'm not that bright. All right. Uh, anyway, so, uh, hello, Sarah. How are you?
6: Hello. Uh, oh, You're using Richie's
0: MacBook or something over there? Is that what you started making noise <sighs> yeah, a few minutes ago?
6: going to hell today. You're having a
0: great day. You look nice, though. You look very good.
6: Oh, thanks. It's because I rode my bike or cameras, I feel very refreshed.
0: You know, you got lint on you. Okay. On your you sleeve. know what I'm
6: wearing underneath this?
0: No, I immediately tried to diminish. You've got lint on you.
6: I know. You look really right on nice. No, it's bugging me. You, you
0: got a white speck there.
6: Oh, this one right here. Yeah, oh,
0: you're gonna leave it there now?
6: <laughs> I'll take it off. Cause I know yes. it will distract you.
0: Uh, yeah, yeah, I didn't buy. Did you see that Seamus went to my MySpace and he put up like a screen capture of the Rick Emerson challenge?
6: No, did where he? Where really? I biked
0: I biked like seven percent of the days. I've screwed the retarded out of like nine grand. Um. So uh, no, you so my look-
6: computer went kaput. Like it totally just it it started squealing and it completely is totally fried. It's totally the com-
0: dead. The studio computer.
6: And then I spent all morning trying to buy tickets to uh, to see Glenn, uh, Glenn
0: Hansard and, and Marquetta Marquetta, Marquetta and Glava. Yes.
6: And Ticketmaster wouldn't take any variation of, you know, my credit card. Oh, that sucks. It was so frustrating. Your card is being declined. And I could see the seats getting worse and worse right, every time I tried. Right, I'm like, no. Right. But I finally got my ticket. So me and my friend Heather and her mom are awesome. all going to it. And I'll help you get them at the break.
0: Thank you so much. I appreciate that. And
6: then we'll all get to go to see once together, and then we'll get over it. Uh,
0: and then, uh, let's see. And then I got your text message. Well, I got it this morning. But well, you sent me a text message at like 1.30 in the morning or something. where you were watching Dexter? Yes. When did you sit it? At 1.24 a.m.?
6: Yes. I was up watching it because I went out for a little well, while. No,
0: that's fine. No, I'm, no that's fine. I'm just, I think it's great that you sent me a text message at 1.30 in the morning Dexter. Yeah, I wanted Dexter. it because
6: I wanted it written down. That
0: you predicted who the ice truck killer was. Don't spoil it. Seriously. Stop telling you right I'm now. I'm just saying,
6: I I don't know. They haven't alluded to it. I, I totally forgot I sent that to you because I couldn't go on the Internet to email you because I'm watching it on my computer. Yeah, no, I'm
0: just telling people in the audience who have seen Dexter Season 1 that you are doing your best to catch up. You got the whole DVD set. Uh, I'm just telling I'm you. I'm on it,
6: Episode 5.
0: Nobody called up and, no, but did you realize that it's, you know, or whatever. So um, uh, so you're on Episode 5. So, uh,
6: I'm just waiting for it to go horribly awry.
0: Oh, it's uh, but it ha- what a great weird, I mean, Carlin does really have a point with that show that it is sort of chilly feeling in that... You know what I mean? In that it's not like a deeply emotional show as such. I mean they deal with a lot of weird mental issues, but at the same time there is this sort of weird tongue in like dark tongue in cheek dark comedy to the whole show. You know, where the show does have its like a lot of bleak humor to it. When he's not busy cutting people up and putting them in the trash bags. Oh my gosh! You know, so <laughs> the body
6: parts are starting to not bother me
0: as much anymore. That's <laughs> what, the other thing is how me. quickly you become desensitized I mean, to violence in that, that show. I remember the first
6: time I was watching it, I was like looking through my fingers, and I'm like, oh, there's a leg. Okay, yeah. that's yeah. And oh no, they're, they're gonna at the
0: end they'll find something that uh, that you're not quite expecting. The last few episodes, they're gonna have it. There's an image that you're not gonna be able to forget from that show. Let me just tell you right now. That's the one that I've been taught. Talk- Maybe it won't affect you the same way it affected me, but I'll tell you, Lisa and Peter totally knew what I was talking about without me even explaining it. I said, "How about that one thing that they make you see a hundred times toward the end of the season? Like, oh yeah, Jesus." So
6: the thing from his childhood, or have whatever. Have fun with
0: like. that. Yeah, have fun with that. That'll uh, be a lot of fun.
6: I am really nervous to find out what made him the way he is. It's a, it's
0: yeah, it's a, it's a good show, but how I will say this about Dexter, then we'll, you know, which is a CBS product. So here we are promoting CBS. Uh... Uh, that um how great is that opening credit sequence though, where it's him getting ready for the the day doing a whole bunch of innocuous things like flossing his teeth and putting on his shoes, but they're shot in a way that makes it look like he's like it's it, totally violent yeah. that they look really violent, yeah. That that is, I want to show that to Joni. I don't think she's seen it. That is one of the. Oh, best... Oh, Joni
6: would totally appreciate that.
0: Yeah, it's one of the best opening credit sequences I've ever seen to a television program. See,
6: even the opening credit sequence makes me feel uncomfortable. Oh no,
0: I, I don't watch it. I skip the opening I credit skip sequence it too. because Every it time. creeps me out. With
6: the with the mosquito and, and there's left.
0: nothing happening. It's like he's eating breakfast. He's squeezing an orange. He's tying his shoes. But they shoot it in such a way and that it's
6: shaving. Be...
0: It becomes like the most off-putting, disgusting thing you've ever seen. I mean, it's a well-done show, but God damn it screws with you. All right. Um, let's see. So, Dexter, yes.
6: Rick, you have only biked 18% of the time.
0: Oh, well, I thought it was less than that, to be fair. <laughs>
6: yeah, actually, me too. Yeah. You bite, You didn't bike 38 days. I
0: did. Because at the beginning, I was real strong, remember? Okay. At the beginning, it was like, in your face, I'm going to bicycle every day. And then, no. So, then that all, that all went away.
7: And then, oh, the no.
0: hell? Well, I might as well say this then. So Tim had the great had this great thing yesterday, which I do believe, to be fair, we got from Carl Click. This dot RottenNeighbor.com. I predicted, by the way, and this is RottenNeighbor.com, where you can leave anonymous comments about people who live in houses. Boy, how is this going to be abused? Um, but I predicted that if we came back a day later, there would be all... Because there weren't a lot of comments, like in our neck of the woods. I said if we came back uh, a day later, there would be many comments. So we here in this building are at 2040 Southwest First. We are at 2040 Southwest First. There's a new entry for 2040 Southwest First. (laughs) Subject line, retard-hating tub of lard works here. (laughs) There is a radio host that broadcasts from here who hates the retarded. He was challenged to a year's worth of bicycling to the office every single workday. For every day he bikes to work, the Special Olympics of Oregon gets $29.64. Out of 207 days, he has bicycled 38 times. Because of his fat, lazy, uh, Xbox-playing ass, he has lost more than $5,000 for the Special Olympics so far. He has such bad karma, his car has been stolen four times. He is a bastard. So there you go. Thank you. Thank you, sir. It's that is so nice to be. Uh, nice to be noticed, sir. Nice to be appreciated. All right, let's see. Uh, what else? Hey,
6: I noticed that your new friend on MySpace is the same as mine. Baby
0: Ricky asked me to be his friend. Oh, I saw that. The uh, the retarded billboard kid. Yeah, that's pretty fantastic. Uh, let's see. What else? Uh, what else do we have? We'll get some calls here in a second. Oh, by the way. I alluded to this yesterday, but I didn't really get a chance to talk about it. I don't know if you and and Tim will notice any uh, difference in the studio. Probably doesn't smell any different. Although I did get rid of that huge box of I Am Legend um, uh, car fresheners. So I let the Roomba come in and clean this place. Uh, I brought the... On Sunday afternoon, I came in and I gave the Roomba about 90 minutes of vacuuming in here. Because that's the deal, is you're supposed to, like... You're supposed to turn it on, or however long the, the the cycle. It figures out the size of the room and then it determines the cleaning cycle. And I think maybe it's 55 minutes or 80 minutes or something. So I brought the Roomba in. I said, it. and it's so weird how you get that Roomba, that, ro- that, that that vacuum robot thing. You do immediately start to treat it like a pet. I mean, it's weird. I, it's not just like an Arrested Development thing. You really do start to treat it like it's a living what did
6: being. You expect, mom? A part machine.
0: So I uh, so I brought the Roomba in, and you sort of want to pat it, like, all right, boy. Go ahead. You know. I mean, do you feed it? Do you feed it like Buster? Do you give it potato chips? Uh, I did the first day. The first day we had it, we totally set things on the carpet like, go get it, you know. But uh, so I brought the Roomba in, and I let the Roomba clean the uh, studio here back. And then, you know, I got to say this: that Roomba, people buy it because it's kind of a novelty item. But I was talking to the guy at uh, at Fry's about this, and uh, it, the people, it, it really is a high quality vacuum. Uh, That company's not screwing around. It's not just that it, like, is a robot. I mean, it really cleans well, especially the new one, since it started, you know, since it really has become popular. They got that one that does linoleum, too. Um, So, anyway, I let it vacuum the studio for about an hour, and then I took it into the kitchen to empty out the, uh, the container. You would not believe the amount of dirt and, like, hair. I'm not trying to be gross. Hair. Somebody... From their fingernails at one point, obviously. Oh, I am just saying, you would be astounded, or maybe not, actually. You, you would be. The, the, the amount of dirt that that Roomba pulled out of this room uh, in about an hour is unbelievable. So, however much dust is in here now, there was like five times that much dust last week. Uh, so, the Roomba has. I'm going to bring that in once a month and let it just kind of. Take an hour
6: cleaning. You
0: know the place. what? It does look better in here. Uh, maybe I well, I, I said maybe it's visible to the naked eye, maybe it's not. But there was I cleaned it because I I had emptied the dust collecting thing before I started. So I started from zero. Put the Roomba in here. Hour later, take it out, and it was just full of crap that it had taken out of the, of the floor of the studio. So, uh, all right, Roomba. I got one other thing to get to, but let's do uh, some of these calls first. Hello, hi. You're on the Rick Emerson Show.
4: Hello. How's it going? What's up? Well. I was reading a popular science magazine and it talked about why you get cavities. Yes. <laughs> and apparently it's by bacteria that feeds off of the sugar on your teeth. So it cleans your mouth of sugar, uh-huh. but then but then it, uh, it cleans it your secretes
0: It cleans your teeth it, of enamel.
4: <laughs> no, uh, of sugar, and then right, yes. and then uh, secretes uh, acid, which okay. then you know well, destroys but... your teeth.
8: All right, fair so enough.
4: In, so then uh, they're working on a uh, bacteria that secretes uh, an innocuous um, uh, chemical.
0: Doesn't it seem like there ought to be uh, some sort of a chewing gum that brushes my teeth at this point? is
4: that Trident?
0: No. <laughs> Pardon me. <coughs> Sorry, a little cough there. Um, no, I don't mean some crap where the dentist... Because, you know, here's the thing about Trident. I'm not trying to knock the Trident company. Okay. But I'm pretty sure when they say that, like... Nine out of ten dentists agree that Trident, blah, 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 blah. I do believe, now I may be wrong about this, Mm -hmm. but when they say that Trident is good for your teeth, I do believe that what that means is that A, it's not sugary, in other words, it's not going to put more sugar in your mouth, and B... It is a combination of two things. One, it's sugar free. And B, when you chew trident, ob- when you chew gum, obviously your mouth, you know, you manufacture, you know, spit, you know, saliva. Yeah, and that, that itself is good for your teeth. So it's not like, tri- in other words, you'd get the same result by sucking on a rock. It's not really the, the, the trident, it's that it's sugar free and that you get. I'm saying, why can't. The Japanese seem like they ought to do this. I'm calling on the Japanese now to, who create all freaky science fiction future things. Why can't they create a gum? It doesn't even have yeah. to taste good. Your gum, you take it out, you chew it, teeth clean.
4: Well, that would be awesome.
0: But I mean, doesn't it seem like that ought to exist by now?
4: If, if it would, the Japanese definitely.
0: Because I think about it, gum, you chew it, it gets into every crevice of your teeth, it gets into all the openings. You just get yeah. a, you get a piece of gum, mm-hmm. chew it for ten minutes, for teeth cleaned.
4: So kind of like the Roomba for your mouth? A
0: Roomba for your mouth. Yes, sir. That's exactly what I'm talking about. The Sonicare is the Roomba for your <laughs> mouth. But but yes, but the, that gum, you know, even as like a maintenance thing, you yeah. know, for those who don't have time to brush after every meal, like if you're at work or something, a maintenance so it, gum that has fluoride in it.
4: So yeah, like it has its own chemical that helps dissolve.
0: That's what I'm saying. You, you get that going right now, you'll be a millionaire by this time next year.
4: Right on. All right, thanks.
0: All right, thanks.
4: Bye-bye.
3: Right, bye, bye. I'm telling you, it's a great idea.
0: Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello.
3: Hey, Rick. You mentioned the uh, how disturbing the opening to Dexter is.
0: Oh, it's so creepy. I can't even watch it.
3: It, re- it is. I, and, and like you, I've watched the entire first season on DVD, so you kind of get the whole, you know, unexpurgated version. And, you know, they're showing it on CBS now. Yeah, but... Slightly I, cut.
0: I, uh, I'm i not going to spoil anything here, but I will say this. I was talking to somebody about it, and I, I was going to watch it on CBS, because I'm a proud company man. But uh, Zinn hooked me up with a DVD set, so I feel like I'm getting the best of both worlds. But, again, I won't spoil anything because Sarah's watching it, and there are people watching it on CBS for the first time. That's the other reason we shouldn't spoil Dexter, because that first season of Dexter is being run... On CBS, on regular network, CBS TV is a first-run series because right, the writer's strike. Oh, yeah. So, actually, so there are lots of people watching that with you right now, Sarah, but they're watching it on network television. So that's the other reason we won't spoil anything. I will say there is a... I
6: e- almost want to watch it on network television. <laughs> I can't
0: imagine how they would do it, well, but there's a, there's a sequence. I don't understand how they could. Without giving anything away, there is a sequence uh, 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 where they go to investigate a crime scene and where literally it's like the room had been painted in blood. I mean, it literally is just like every conceivable service. And I can't imagine how they do that on network television.
3: Well, and, and you, you mentioned uh, it, it's a lot about what they don't show on that show. Yeah. And, and they are actually leaving a remarkably a large amount of the what gore they do show in that show. That's but the one, one thing they omitted is that opening, because
9: it is so creepy. Are you that. kidding me? Yeah, they don't no show way. that at all.
0: So CBS television shows lots of blood and, you know, dead folks, but they won't show the opening credit sequence, which I swear to Christ is literally just shots of him making breakfast and getting dressed?
9: Yes, they just do a cold open
3: right on the first scene.
0: That's real. I wonder if that's to save time, maybe. Maybe. It might be to save time so they can cram in more commercials or something. But you know that opening is incredibly warped. It's really disturbing to watch. Yes, yes All right. it very very much is. Thank you my friend. Later. Bye there. Uh, okay. Hey, speaking of CBS by the way. So here we go. I hold in my hands <coughs> issue number 2 CBS Watch Magazine. Oh god. Right here.
6: Who's on it this
7: week?
0: Uh it's I never know how her name is pronounced. It's Molina. Can I can I get get this? Not going to work here anymore. Canna Coretteris? Is that how you spell that? Is she the I chick from CSI New York? Tim, anything? No, I don't know It's that, that, that woman, who's kind of beaky, but I guess is considered to be hot. Who Melina, is? I think it's Canna Coretteris. K- K- uh, it's one of those names like, uh, you know, it's like a Schwarzenegger thing, where I guess, I guess she was told to keep it because it's, you know, like... What's that guy, Zach... Galifaniakis or whatever that guy name, the name is, Well, he kept it just because it was so weird, why not? Yeah. But I think that's her deal. Anyway, so I guess she's on CSI New York, but the, the highlight here of CBS Watch Magazine, can I just, by the way, can I also say this, that they sent us like 2,500 copies or something of CBS Watch Magazine Volume 1. All but I mean, we've given away about 40 of them. So we got like 2,000 copies of Issue 1 up there. So right on time for Issue 2 to arrive. Uh, so here we've got thousands of copies of this. The best part about this is that this uh, month's issue, let me see if I can find this here. There's a great there's a great article in here where I swear to you they spent about three pages talking about Gomer Pile, USMC. So I'll have to find well we can read aloud from it later to amuse ourselves. So do you know Jim Neighbors is still alive, Tim? Yeah, I think he lives in Hawaii, doesn't he? He does live in Hawaii. I was talking to our friend Cheryl upstairs, uh who was born in Hawaii, was raised in Hawaii, and um she said that they roll him out well, especially now that Don Ho is dead. Apparently they roll Jim Neighbors out for everything. I guess every single event they have, every time anything of any note is happening in Hawaii, it's get Jim Neighbors on the phone. Here we go. Oh, it's because they're putting Gomer Pyle out on uh, it's because they're putting it out on D V D like if you're Do the public demand. People have been people have been demanding it. So if you're a uh, if you're a Gomer pile enthusiast, oh, I'm sorry. According to CBS, if you're Gaga for Gomer, Gaga for Gomer makes it sound like you've got some fetish for retarded kids. We had
1: Sergeant. Who was the sergeant? Sergeant, uh...
0: Sergeant, uh... It wasn't Sergeant Bilko, was no, it? It Sergeant, was...
1: uh... uh... Not Sergeant... S- sergeant S- Carter. Sergeant Carter and his girlfriend, Bunny.
0: I don't... Really? Yeah. I didn't, know his I didn't know his girlfriend was named Bunny. Bunny, yeah. Do you know that this ran for five years? Uh, five seasons. Yeah, people forgot it was there. Jesus, God. It's 130 episodes or something. God, it used to be so easy to be on television, you know, because what were people going to do? It was either that or the, the Indian head test pattern. Mm-hmm. God damn. All right, one more and then we'll break. Hi, huh? you're on the Rick Emerson Show.
4: Hey, Rick, how's it going? What's up? Oh, God, God, for Gomer. Classic. Aren't oh, we all? Good. Sorry, no, I was uh, making a delivery at the new uh, cancer wing of the hospital on Gleason there. I'm sorry, what? I was making delivery to the hospital, the new, the new addition to the hospital on Gleason. Oh, right, yeah, okay. Yeah, I and mean, I don't mean to, you know, go all foul, but it, it, I couldn't, I couldn't. I sent you a couple pictures. You can judge for yourself if, if they're even worth posting in an email. But there's a new statue they have, which I suppose is supposed to be a nun giving bread to the poor. I assume. Did you send
0: these to me today?
4: I just sent them about 10 minutes. Okay.
0: Ago. The, thank you for telling me that stuff because I have to check my tr- my bulk folder because it's a little overzealous. Uh, yes. So uh, let's see here. Yeah, but I don't see. The, I don't see it, but I'll look.
4: All right, the long story short of it, I'll maybe resend it when I get home. I did it over my phone, so it might not have a header or whatever on the email. I don't know. Long story short, only from standing above it, maybe at, like, from... Two o'clock. Does it really look like a loaf of bread? Because you can see the little indentions that you know where it was split on the top. Uh-huh. But from every angle possible, it looks uh, completely like something else, and unmistakably. I mean, and uh, so it's I a
0: nun giving a loaf of bread to the poor,
4: holding it out about waist level, kind of arms length, uh, a loaf of bread, giving it to the invisible poor people that are there. Yes.
0: So you're, so instead of so you're saying that perhaps from above, it looks as though she's giving a hot dog. Uh, Bun
4: from everywhere to a child. So she's giving a hot dog. Uh, only from one certain <laughs> angle does it look like well, a piece of a loaf of bread. I kind of quit.
0: Man cannot live by bread alone, sir. You have sir. to find this picture immediately. All right. No, i got
4: to go. Uh, i got to find I, it. And one little thing. Yeah. Uh, I'm not lying. This is totally like you know, a like caller lying to, to boost this story. But I'm, what brought it to my attention is there was two business ladies checking up in the statue and touching it all over and talking about it. And <laughs> one literally grabbed the, the, the loaf with both hands and kind of like gave it a rubbing. <laughs> uh, I'm
10: sorry, I'm we lying. should totally spread the
0: rumor that you have to rub it for good luck <laughs> while kneeling. You have to kneel before you have to pray to God. While yeah. rubbing the loaf for good luck. Oh, I'm totally gonna. I'm gonna get it, that rolling like right now. If you
4: like, don't right find now. it, I will re-email it to you with a definite title, um, so you will find it later. I'm
0: checking right now. Thank you, sir. All right,
3: thank you.
4: That's wonderful.
0: Okay, I gotta go. Find, I'm gonna go look for that right now. Stay there. The Rick Emerson Show continues after this with Lisa Desjardins. this to uh, finalize. I feel like Edward Furlong in Terminator 2. Three zero zero bucks. I there hope you go. have a better experience than me. Are you all done? Yeah. Look at you. Went through the first time in your face. Ooh. No, I didn't get through the first time. Well, I, forget, I tried to use an old, do you ever do this when you're buying something with a credit card? And you, see, I'm you've come a long way, Sarah Dillon. I remember when you wouldn't buy anything online.
6: Well, if it's my only option, I'll buy online. I still hate putting my credit card information online.
0: Yeah, I can I see still that. do. Like, I'm not worried that the information is going anything. to be stolen on the other end or something, but I am worried that you do worry about some guy who works with you coming and using the computer and you've forgotten to log off and he decides to buy a bunch of, uh, you know, Buy a big truckload of ball bearings or something using your credit card, I, like, I don't worry about Amazon doing anything with it, but I worry about like the information being like here on this computer.: Oh, I totally think it's the man that's going to steal it instead of you know Richie uh, I think the man I don't think it's see I don't think it's the man. I think the man steals from me the good old-fashioned way. You know what I mean? I think the man just steals from you the man steals it before you even hits your paycheck. The man doesn't need to steal via Amazon. The man just steals via the IRS. <laughs> All right, so continued order complete. Thanks for using Ticketmaster. Well, I know. Thank you.
6: All right. So now we all have our once ticket.
0: Yes. So let me... Uh, let me. It's, we'll welcome uh, Lisa I'm, to the program. And on the my orchestra pit. Seconds. That's
6: going to be so rad.
0: I'm just making sure that... Uh, you don't
6: have to click that continued thing. That's just if you want to some American Express thing.
0: I'm just waiting for my confirmation to arrive. Because, because I'm one of those guys, until my confirmation arrives... See, that's where I become sort of like you. If I buy something online and then I watch and the confirmation doesn't arrive, then I assume they've just stolen my money. If they just, I've assumed they've taken, not stolen as such, but if the confirmation email doesn't arrive promptly, I assume that my card has been charged and then it's just, like, vanished into the bowels of the system somewhere. All right, well, I'll compulsively check that every five seconds okay. until, it, uh, until it shows up.
6: I know, it took forever. I bought my uh, tickets to Las Vegas, like, weeks ago, and it took, like, two weeks for them to finally take the money on. Of course, it's, like, right when my bank account's did you get it? There we go. All, All
0: right. right. Now we can move on. Let's go to the Rick Emerson show. From the Hill, CNN Radio correspondent extraordinaire Lisa Desjardins. Hello there. Hello. What concert is this? Uh, we are going to see another, calling it the Swell Season. I don't know what that's season. about. I
6: think I wonder if that's the band that they performed with in the movie.
0: That could be. Uh, it is uh, It is uh, Glenn Hansard and uh, Marlena er- Erglova. That her name? I'm Marquetta. Marquetta Erglova, uh, the, the couple from from the movie Once.
2: That is fantastic.
0: Yeah, so they are they're probably coming to your town, so they're uh, they're on the way here. So we uh, not to be not to be those people. But we've been fans of the movie we're for totally for some time. We were nerds, totally, totally nerds for the movie. And then when they won uh, the other night, uh, we were just, just, just ecstatic about it because everything seemed to be coming for that freaking enchanted movie. Uh, and so <laughs> when they won, we were really, I was really happy for them. So they're coming here, and they here. The, the and of course the the irony was that they. This is the second time that they've come to Portland in a year. The last time. The last time they came to Portland, of course, it was in some tiny, intimate venue. You know, where like for two dollars, you know, like a like a box top, you could have seen them. But it was just that was a few weeks before I had seen the film, so I just missed them last oh. time. So, anyway, uh, but uh, and so. that
2: is really cool. I'll look for that because you because you know I've just I just saw that I think uh, three weeks ago or so, and yeah, loved it. Of course,
0: it really is just the best movie. And and that I always say, you know, I'm so and I was so glad to see that guy kind of do something because he had a small role in the movie, The Commitments. Yes. And then he's in his band, The Frames, which is sort of known on some level. But I was, you know, it's one of those guys kind of where you just, you, you want him to break through to a larger audience and that I am – Unlike a lot of people, you know, some people don't like it when they're, when they're sort of like their pet artist or their pet group sort of makes it big. They kind of want them to stay small forever. And I, I have never begrudged anybody their mainstream success. So I was really happy to see those guys get it.
2: Fantastic. I'm sure you said John Stewart was just delightful about them as well.
0: Oh, no, he was. Uh, he's a great boy. What a great job that guy have, has done of mainstreaming himself. Yes. Uh, I mean, it's because he is John Stewart, when you think about it, is exactly the kind of guy that most Americans would just reflexively hate. Uh, You know, uh, I mean, especially in certain sections of this country, because he is, I would say, uh, a little left leaning. He's smart. He's snarky uh you know it doesn't sound like he just came off a you know he didn't come from a cornfield somewhere right a um, lot of
2: people would are you making fun of me they would they wouldn't know are you i think he's making fun of me right now they
0: the and i think he uh, would be and there is there is a whole school of comedy that he is really uh, he really and Stephen Colbert just—they uh, have just strip mined this. I mean, they really are just the the the, the definitive purveyors of the uncomfortable comedy. Yes. Um, but not in the weird sort of pretentious Andy Kaufman just stare at the audience for twelve minutes kind of way. <laughs> you know, just was do...
2: performance art though. I'm not sure that was the same thing. That's,
0: that's the thing. But do something dull and call it genius. Uh, <laughs> but but with those guys, it is where there—it's just that there are layers to their comedy where it's not. Let me ask you this: When is the last time? It, maybe you haven't. The last time you went back and you watched one of those old, I say old, but one of those shows from the 80s, one of the, like, let's say a drama, like Dynasty or Dallas, have you watched an episode of Dallas recently?
2: I can't say that I have, but I'm intrigued by the idea. Now that it, Or Falcon Crest.
0: <laughs> Falcon Crest. The uh, but Another perfect example. Here's the thing <laughs> about any of those shows. If you go back and you watch, uh, you know, like an episode of, uh, of Dynasty or something at this point, it, what will astound you is A... How slow everything moves. Hmm. B, how brightly everything is lit, as opposed to now when everything is like lit with...
2: <laughs> we talked about this before, right, exactly.
0: Yeah, everything is like one mining helmet as the entire lighting rig. Um, but exactly. and, and how with the 80s dramas, there is absolutely no subtlety, there's no layering, there's nothing beneath the surface, and at no point do the writers do anything to anticipate and then subvert your preconceived notions about what will happen.
2: No, am I wrong though that there were really it was it was a real dichotomy there in the eighties where you had the shows that were making the money, the Dynasties, the Falcon Crest, those guys, uh Fantasy Island, if you will. And then you had the other shows, maybe like Family. I feel like there might have been some layering to, like, to family. Well,
0: family, which is a deep reference, by the How way. How about that? Uh, there
2: was, I, I mean... There, there were those shows out there.
0: There were shows trying to do something, uh, trying to do something a little different. To me, the definitive example of the ambitious 80s program uh, was St. Elsewhere. Oh, um,
2: sure, that's right.
0: Which St. Elsewhere, not only because it was made by people who were themselves big fans of television, but who were also were really familiar with the conventions of TV... And so St. Elsewhere, even now if you watch it, and this is not just uh, my childhood talking, if you watch St. Elsewhere now, it's a, it's a fantastic drama because it, they were really ahead of the curve in that, uh, you know, you watch a lot of programs now and they sort of set something up and it is, you it, know, it, saying it, it's a red herring is sort of an it, oversimplification, but where they will set things up and then they will deliberately defy or undermine what you as the audience member perhaps anticipate yes. because they're just too smart to get caught in those same sort of blind alleys. Saying elsewhere, really, they were ahead of the curve on that. And they were, it was uh, self-referential at some times. Mm. There were layers upon layers of in-jokes and sort of sideways references that you wouldn't get until the second or third time you watched it. Um... They were among the first television shows to reference other television shows as real uh, universes. Um, so it was—it really is. A, and I think the first we had Ed Begley Jr. on a couple weeks ago, and I think he's at the first two seasons now of something else we're going to be out on DVD. So I would—I would hold that up as one of the one of the high standards, if not the definitive gold standard of that era.
2: This reminds me something of something I've been meaning to bring up since this weekend. Uh, my, I, I feel like its I've had a double hit in the last day, as a matter of fact. That The Wire is ending. I didn't realize it was ending so soon.
0: Yep, 10 episodes.
2: And and that Don is leaving Don and Mike. You know, they had their big sort of let's talk it out yesterday on air. But I'm just, I'm I'm feeling that. Your whole
0: world is coming apart.
2: It is, it is. You know, with The Sopranos, I feel like for two years, just 23 and a half more episodes (laughs)
7: left.
0: Don't miss the final 72 hours.
2: The Wire, all of a sudden, I'm watching one episode is left.
0: Yep, yep, yep. Uh,
2: but And also, by the way, The Wire, a reference to Dexter. I, that.
0: We were just talking about, we. I have to tell you, and Sarah can tell you, that Sarah does not watch The Wire, so she's in sort of a good position to objectively assess my obsessions with things. Sarah will never, ever, there's not going to be a moment in her life that is happier than when The Wire is finally done, so she won't have to hear me <laughs> natter on about it. Um, but, uh, there's like, there's one guy in this building who watches The Wire and then we have a a TV critic from the Oregonian who comes on with us who watches The Wire. Literally, that's the entire circle of people I know who watches it because it's just, it's just never been a blockbuster. It's not a water cooler show except for me. Um, but we have just nerded out about every single episode and every, and, and yeah, there are only 10 episode seasons and I have to tell you, I think they're going to pull off Making this season consistently good until the end, and if, unless they just blow it in the last couple hours, it, the uh-huh. wire will go down as one of the one of the one of the great television programs of all time.
2: I think so. i, I really mean not.
0: So you have seen episode. It's a little tricky. Do you uh, do you because all have, uh, do I have an all...
2: episode ahead of you? Right. I have it on demand. It's... So I and I have a friend. Who, uh, has a TV critic connection, so I think she's seen them all now.
0: So here, so, well, see, you are, see, you and I are not.
2: It, I've got one left.
0: You, we are much the same, you and I, because, mm-hmm. uh, because I have the on demand as well. And oh. then also I got this, uh, this, this guy, our TV critic, who I'm, I'm giving him the, you know, let Rick Emerson wet his beak kind of a thing. <laughs> <laughs> um, but so without giving any spoilers, I will say that you and I are on the same page as far as how much of the wire we've seen. Excellent. And so in, in, do, out of respect to those who uh, don't yes. have On Demand or haven't watched it yet, I will say, I will reference it rather obliquely, and you and I have done this a few times about certain yes. scenes, um, as soon as I saw Episode 9 On Demand, and I stayed up until 12.01 when it hit On Demand and started <laughs> walk like, I sat by the television, like, with a starter's pistol, waiting for <laughs> 12.01, go! Um, I finished it at about 1.05 a.m. I immediately sent an email to this guy, Bobby, that we work with, and I said, all I said to him was this. I said, I said there is a moment in tonight's wire that is so unexpectedly poignant, and that is a perfect confluence of doom... And tenderness, and I said, I'm not going to say any more. But you will know it when you see it, and you probably know exactly the moment yes. I'm talking about. Yes. And I came into work and next. I told Sarah that even a day later, I kind of felt like somebody punched me a little bit. It was just so unexpected and touching and dark and great. So yes,
2: and so well done. So so kind of believable. Well, they, and
0: they earned it. They really did. Yes. Uh, yeah. All right. Well, I suppose there's actual news to talk about.
2: Uh, there is actually. We've of course. Yeah, where to start? We've got. Uh... Politics uh, busting out all over.
0: Well, if I can, if, let me and we just,
2: got, we've got we've got more Roger Clemens news. You've got t- tons to choose from.
0: Is uh, speaking about boy, well, you know, talking about Don and Mike. You know, so Mike is sticking around. Don is leaving. It's going to become the Michael Mara show. Right. It is a testament to those guys that, like with this Roger Clemens thing, that they can make. Uh, I I just I know exactly Jack about sports, but that they can make it interesting and entertaining to me. <laughs> that's really what those. That's proof of how good those guys are. Is that I care about sports when I listen to Don and Mike. So well, let's let's work up to. uh, So, what is the Roger Clemenses? There are many many men in in the audience uh, who who will care,
2: and perhaps some of the ladies, perhaps some of
0: the fairer sex as well. Yes,
2: perhaps the deal is actually now Congress is asking the Department of Justice to investigate Roger Clemens for anybody Perjury. perjury. They are now going forward with potentially an investigation. The way this works, Rick, is essentially I think what the real the story is, for people who've been, who have been following this, sort of everyone pointing fingers bit, Roger Clemens says, of course, he never used steroids. He's one of the greatest pitchers in modern times, maybe of all times. He says he never used steroids. But his former trainer, Brian McNamee, says he personally injected Clemens with steroids. Then you have Andy Pettit, another great pitcher, friend of Roger Clemens who says that Clemens talked about it. So those two guys sort of go against Clemens' testimony. That's the way that they're they're putting this out. It was He said, he said, who is Congress going to believe? And with this call for an investigation today, essentially what's happening is these congressmen who led this investigation are saying, we don't believe Roger Clemens. We, we're not, we're not, but it's a very carefully, very politically worded letter that they've written to the Justice Department in which they say, literally... It's, we are not in a position to judge if Roger Clemens lied, but we would like you to do it. So they're asking the Justice Department to try and put everything together here and see if there's a case for perjury against Clemens, but essentially they're saying we believe the other guys more than we believe him, because obviously they could have charged McNamee with perjury as well, but no, they're going against Clemens. Well,
7: because
0: McNamee had an oddly specific story, which is like the whole thing about shooting the guy's wife up and everything, and it was just, it was, you know, and plus... It, 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 and then could, there's
2: the whole party that Clemens says he was not at, and now there's been more evidence that he was at it, and... It goes on and on. So things are not going in Roger Clemens' direction. And
0: I am the worst person to use a sports analogy, but I will say this, (laughs) that just the little bit I saw of the hearings the last time around, it felt a lot like an exhibition game where – Everybody's kind of going through the motions, but you just knew at the, at the at the end of it all, like no one, like it didn't, nobody was really going to be held accountable for any of it. <laughs> right. Like no one was going to go, no one was going to go to jail or be put in a squad room, uh, you know, like be put in a squad room basement and beaten by Andy Sipowitz. And if 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 I don't get to see somebody punished at the end of it, I don't care about it.
2: And so. and this is where we are now: is that the Justice Department has this letter in their hands, and their official response so far, of course, they just got it today. Their official response right now is no comment. We're looking at it. From behind the scenes, we know that this Justice Department does not love chasing the headlines that Congress sends its way. Many in the Justice Department look on something like this as you know, just Congress trying to get into the headlines, Congress trying to get onto NBC Nightly News, and 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 they frown on it. Now, of course, the Justice Department has had its own problems in the past two years, but but there's a, a difference in style here, and it'll be interesting to see. If the Justice Department just list, lets this one sit on a shelf or if they actually go after it, it it's not going to be clear for, I think, some time.
0: Uh, let's see. A couple other uh, – well, one other brief thing before we talk a little bit about the debate. Uh, so there's this – well, there's this Iraq vote in the Senate that I guess uh, – yeah, yeah, I, of course, was just dismissing it as yet another impotent gesture, uh, but I guess it's not really – it turned out to be so much. It's a little, a little more in-depth now than we thought it was going to be.
2: This is what's important about the Iraq vote that's coming up it shows that i think the game has changed on iraq or at least republicans think that it's changed republicans essentially are calling democrats a bluff here democrats planned that vote for yesterday it would be the same vote we've seen before we talked about this in fact it was it was happening as we were on air uh, this idea of should we cut funding essentially for iraq and one by one all of a sudden republicans started voting to let the to let that idea proceed it wasn't the final vote but it was a test vote it's the filibuster vote essentially and they, they voted to end the filibuster and go to a vote something democrats republicans had not done before but right. now they've blocked it and you could see Democrats sort of just looking at each other like- uh their side why are why are they agreeing to this? Well, Republicans now are changing strategy. they think it helps them to talk about the war, they think there is progress in Iraq, and they think the Democrats are just burying uh, themselves in deeper when they say, "Oh, things are terrible in Iraq. we have to cut the funding." The Republicans think they have a case to be made for keeping funding going for now and they think Democrats just look reactionary. So
0: this is like when you threaten trying to end it. threatened to run away from home and your mom finally goes, Fine, go. You know, and to go. Well and then you get about to the end of the driveway and go, Well crap, I hadn't really planned this out.
2: It is something like that. You know, now Democrats really have to uh, look at their own strategy and see how deeply do they believe that they want to cut funding. Now there's no question that Republicans will not vote to cut funding, so the ultimate vote uh, will probably not be affected but there will be a lot more debate, and we're talking about it, a lot more, many more people, many more news operations are talking about it because Republicans made this move, and that's what they want.
0: And the, the Democratic strategy in almost all things can be summarized by two points. Point number one, plan. Point number two, fail. And then... <laughs> Terrible. And then and then here's a little ba- not true. here's a little basic programming joke for my computer friends out there. And then the third line is just sort of a go to ten. Just you know back back to the beginning. Repeat. <laughs> right. Um, all right. Uh, let's robot, see. Yeah. Uh, le- finally, let us uh, let us then talk about uh, our good friends Senators Obama and Clinton. Ooh, last what night. did you think? First of all, was Hillary wearing tinted contact lenses? I know I've become the shallow media guy Ooh. by asking that question, but
2: I didn't notice that. I was more concerned about the strange Wild West font that
0: said presidential debate <laughs> at the bottom. I don't think I noticed that. Oh, you. If you have a
2: recording, you need to go back and look because it's it's really it's almost like some intern was playing with fonts and
0: like it was you know sasparilla five yeah. cents.
2: <laughs> it was really strange and we couldn't stop looking at it. Once I brought it up to my friends who were over, it, we we were just fixated on the Wild West font. Excellent.
0: like like somebody's with the Dings five. <laughs> yes. yes. Uh, all right. Well, in any event, I, it just seemed. <sighs> I don't know. It just seemed like a like a whole lot of a whole lot of blunted. Um, that's not even the right term, I'm sure. But but thwarted punches. Do you know what I mean? It was uh, every time. I will say this. Here's the thing. I think it is that Obama, first of all, is not nearly as good in debate as he is on the stump. He's just you know practicing anything. as Henry Rollins says. You know, if you uh, want more muscle, you pick up a bigger weight. And that guy has been out on the stump constantly. Uh, and it shows because on the stump he's gotten much better. In debates, mm-hmm. he's uh, people say, "Well, in debates he's not he doesn't have that uh, you know the the, the 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 oratorical flourish that he has on the stump." But here's the thing: uh, it seems to me, and and Tim Riley, my news director, is noting that he's better with a teleprompter, which is certainly true, and of course with a crowd that is predisposed to like him. Mm-hmm. The, what I saw last night, though, is what he has become masterful at. If he wasn't always, is the absorbing and dissipating the punches by Hillary Clinton.
2: He has he has improved by leaves and bounds so quickly on that. You're right.
0: Uh the Farrakhan issue was the perfect that was probably the perfect point last night.
2: I've never seen anyone do that so well, so quickly.
0: The because he got this endorsement and we said it yesterday. I said yesterday that I said oh they're gonna they're gonna tag him with that where Louis Farrakhan came out and endorsed uh endorsed Barack Obama, which is like you know, that's sort of the reverse Midas touch of endorsements. And Hillary, of course, you could just sense that she was like, okay, this is it. I'm just gonna put this around his neck, and so you know, just this is gonna be a millstone and that I'm. Gonna... he
2: was cagey about it. He, the, the, he said, well, you know, I'm not. I can't tell him not to like. You know, he was. He was straight. He he definitely did not reject it, and it was seemed like he was dancing around for a minute.
0: And so she did this. Great, well, he did this great thing where she said. She, you could tell she was trying to open it up into something. And she, and I think I've got the verbiage right, but she said, she said, well, you've you've said in that particularly shrill voice of hers, she said, yes. uh, she said, well, you've she said, you've rejected it, but you haven't renounced it. And I think what's necessary is a full-throated renunciation of this endorsement. Blah 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 blah.
2: You're and, close enough, right? Yeah, and,
0: and 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 Obama was so good. He just said, he just said. Well, I don't see a lot of difference between rejecting and renunciating. You know, if you think they're both net then fine. I both reject and renounce.
2: That'll make you happy, Hillary. Yeah,
0: and I can't believe I just said renunciating. <laughs> That's but, what you need. But yeah, but he, but he just, yeah, he. And you know what it was? Her entire argument dissipated in a cloud of like mist just in front of her. I mean, it was, it was really. He he absorbed the blows and he dissipated them and then he was able, as you said the other day, to to put in a lot of jabs of his own. It was uh, right. he won, he won on points, as
2: they might say. You know, I I think that she she did go on the attack as 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 we expected, and but I think that this this new I'm I'm interested in how people react to her new sort of biting sarcasm approach. Hmm. I think she's trying to go for humor, no. but it is this sort of biting John Stewart humor that I just don't know. It's really late in the game to be trying that. And and the whole, isn't it interesting that I always get the first question?
0: Oh, uh, which that... Ooh,
2: I, you know, I just felt like, I feel like she can be so strong in so many ways. And I just, when you heard that, you just really heard me, 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 me. You know, it just, it really sounded so whiny and i mean maybe because i know behind the scenes that cnn for example actually flips a coin right. and and you know it's not that the and and i will admit of course i think in general they're right the media does like barack obama better and we've talked about that before the hillary clinton campaign is very aggressive and much more difficult to work with now that's changing a little bit they're being much more accessible and a little warmer in the last 2 weeks but before that ooh they 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 were not always Pleasant to work with as a campaign. Very defensive and, and guarded. Some of them very nice, but some of them very defensive. And so I think I think that has led to some bias. But I think in last night's debate, you're right. I, I think that she just I don't I just don't think she, she was harsh. She did well. She's yeah. She's too. She, she I think that's right. I think she came off as a little too wow. harsh. I don't think he scored any. I think that his Farrakhan bit was probably his best part. But other than that, he played it safe. He didn't he didn't make any mistakes. I don't think he scored any. Uh, major triumphs, but but the point was that, that neither did she, and she really needed to.
0: I, I think, you know, not like I sport some, like, Noel Coward-esque wit every day or whatever, but I do believe that in terms of, let's say, in comedy, because you're, you're sort of trying to play it for laughs sometimes, comedy is sort of like, now nah, I'm turning into Dan Rather talking, if a frog <laughs> had side pockets, he'd carry a handgun. Um <laughs> But comedy is sort of like mixing up, you know, lemonade or something. Mm-hmm. You know, you you get all of the elements and all of the sort of flavors just right, and it's wonderful. But you know what? If you, if you don't have quite a, you, you, too little sugar, and it's just a big, it's just a, a big pitcher full of pucker. You know what I mean? <laughs> And, I mean, that's kind of what she's been lately. She's been harsh and irritating to the throat. That's what Hillary Clinton has been the last few days. So.
2: I think she did so well in the debate before this. I think that the CNN debate in Texas, I thought she she did a better job of walking that line. And She, she still was a little harsh at points, but she she was she was more, um, she seemed a little more real, a little more laid back, relatable than in this one. But I think they're going for this strong leader image to show this is what a strong leader needs to be like, and she can be like that. And, they're trying to say she's a stronger leader than Barack Obama. I think they've decided that's their message they're going to stick to for, these, for this last little shot.
0: Well, really, when, when all is said and done, we've once again shown that clearly you and I are the two people who know the most about all of this. <laughs> oh, yeah. boy. Inescapable. I don't know about that. All right. We will uh, talk to you tomorrow. As always, enjoy your day, Lisa. Great. You too. There you go. Lisa Desjardins, ladies and gentlemen. Fantastic is what that is. Wonderful. Excellent. Hi, Sarah. How are you doing? Well,
6: how come every time you finish with Lisa, you're always like, "Hi, Sarah, how are you doing?" Because
0: it's because whenever I finish talking to Lisa, it's always been like four hours since you and I talked mm-hmm. because Lisa and I kind of get off into our own little uh, our own little primrose path of whatever. So, um, all right, you got kind of a, like it's a German sort of look going on today.
6: Oh, this was just me waking up at 9:15. And I like, like it. Oh. No, no,
0: no. I mean, and I know that.
6: Um, well, and I'm wearing maybe one one that of com- the witless protection wife beaters. Oh, we'll
0: talk about those. I mean, I just, uh, maybe you. that compliment doesn't even play for me because you're basically wearing all black, which is sort of like it's an instant buy with me as far as, like, looking good. So, I'm just saying. Well, thank you. You know who you look like. Here's the thing. You know who you look like today uh, with your hair? Because your hair sort of looks short right now. This is useless to the audience, but what are you going to do? Uh, your hair sort of looks short right now because your headphones are sort of blogging, and it looks like you've a short haircut. The short haircut, uh, the black, the whatever, you look like, this is the most obscure reference ever, you kind of look like... Uh, what's her name from Twin Peaks? Cheryl Fenn? Oh, Sherilyn Fenn? Sherilyn Fenn. Uh, I think that's her. Sherilyn. Wait, was one? Laura Palmer or Audrey Horn? Because there's Cheryl, there's Sher-
6: there Cheryl was... Lee, and then there's Sherilyn Fenn, who played Audrey Horn. Who's the short? She has a short. Short dark blonde. Hair.
0: Short blonde hair. There's oh, now short I don't. Well, whatever. One of the Twin Peaks girls played Astrid Kircher, who was Stuart Sutcliffe from The Beatles' girlfriend in the movie Backbeat. That's who you look like today. Wow, that was just a whole long setup for something that no one understands. Anyway, in the movie Backbeat, you look like that girl. Awesome. And we're done. Tim Riley, have you news for us? Oh, yes. Wonderful. Uh, We get back news plus uh, more observations on the disturbing new nun statue that's on Gleason. Uh, Stay there. It's the Rick Emerson radio program. Don't go anywhere. I forgot to bring the Iron Giant. I'll bring the Iron Giant for it. You? I'll wait until you're not watching Dexter. You know what i mean? you Maybe I need two. to
6: break up Dexter a little bit.
0: yeah I'm just saying he... Don't watch it, like, don't sandwich them together or something, because that's going to be bad. Uh, it's 503 733 2970. This, ladies and gentlemen, is your personal savior. It's time for the Rick Emerson Noon
4: News Hour from AM 970 Solid State Radio. And now, from the Ministry of Truth, this is Tim Riley.
1: An angry neighbor in Milwaukee is arrested for throwing a log at a speeding vehicle. I guess you could call this Wood Rage. <laughs> Really, could you? You could. Let's do that, then. It's wood rage. It's a case of wood rage. Apparently, this motorist was speeding down a residential street. And a fellow was arrested for throwing a piece of firewood through the truck's window, injuring two people.
0: You mean, in other words, he took the log into his own hands? He did. (laughs) Well, Clackamas County authorities
1: say the delivery drivers, Chris and his brother Charles, were driving down Southeast Maple Street in Milwaukee. When William Walter Wiley ran up to the truck complaining, You're speeding! Then he heaved a big piece of firewood through the driver's side window, injuring the 2 inside. Uh, Wiley said he was working on a car in his driveway, as people always do in Milwaukee, and heard people yelling for the truck to slow down. He said he was almost hit while approaching the truck. Uh, He said the truck was going at least 25 miles an hour. At least 25 miles an hour, what would the speed limit be? The uh, driver said he was going 20 miles an hour. So now this uh, Wiley fellow has been arrested for assault. So I'm trying to see if I have anything else here. Uh let's see. assault and criminal mischief. Uh, the truck's driver said he stopped and talked to Wiley and told him they weren't going that fast and they were about to leave. And as they were driving away, Wiley threw the firewood at the truck and struck him in the collarbone. He also said he was not speeding down the bumpy and improved road, and shot him the side window of the box uh that the McNeil was carrying, covering the interior with bits of glass.
0: It seems like there ought to be more puns I can make out of this. There's a wood, it, there's log, like maybe a timber thing. What would you do? <laughs> would you please slow down? Uh, uh, let's see. Oh, wait, hold on, hold on. How about this? Okay, so what is the deal? The guy, is he's on a motorcycle? No, no, he's driving a truck. Driving a truck. He's in a truck.
1: It's a cargo bag.
0: I the other guy comes out and uh what throws the wood or hits the the strikes you know in other words is he using like a with a bat or is he throwing it it allegedly went through a window apparently and it hit the guy where in the collarbone yes mm-hmm. so so like so it could be sort of you know area man gets wood in the collarbone in the collarbone
7: mm-hmm.
0: never mind i'll just keep to myself what over would here. you do now <laughs> All right. Uh, okay. Uh, let's see here.
1: Well, I I guess that's all you can do with it, huh? I am trying to find more puns. I just can't... Uh, tree... So he's going down Milwaukee Street. <laughs>
0: Speeding, at least going 25 miles an hour. At least 25 miles an hour. Mm-hmm. They're really bustling there in Milwaukee. It's mm-hmm. uh, That's a town of the move. Yeah. Uh, going at 20, wood, pound, tree... Tree, tree, tree strikes you're out. No, see that doesn't work either. I'm sorry, I'm letting us all down today. You know, I never used to. I used to hate puns. I, this show has warped my sense of humor, because you know now I pun at home too. It's not just that I do it at work. I'll be sitting there watching television with my wife, and I'll make puns. And she looks over, and she just sort of arches an eyebrow. I used to just It all
6: started with the... I barely knew her. Totally. It's it ex- exactly there.
0: what it is. It's so, yeah, it's completely warped my sense of, my sense of comedy morality. Mm-hmm. Uh, hello, hi, you're on The Rick Emerson Show.
5: He was going so fast, he was risking life and limb.
7: Well, yeah, okay. Okay, uh, never mind. All right.
5: So, hey, uh, about the uh, guy with the bronze uh, nun statue over there. Yes. About a week ago, they had a big uh, article in there where they're opening up their new uh, center over there and all this kind of stuff, and they're talking. They had to get a hold of the artist that made that original bronze of, of uh, Sister Emily Gamblin, and uh, they uh, had this thing all remade, and then they made a special comment at the end that they were going to have to make sure that they hired somebody to wax the bronze nun. <laughs> really? Oh, I just started laughing and just handed the paper to my wife. She works uh, there. I need like, to
4: wax the bronze. You need, to, right back. you
5: need to pass this along to all the other people you work with over there and ask them that who made that comment.
0: Fantastic. Uh, yeah, I can't. I, for the life of me, the guy said he sent the photographs to you know to, to Rick at Rick Emerson, and I can't. I cannot seem to locate them. I'm checking. Uh, it's weird that some stuff goes into my. Uh, some stuff goes into my my bulk folder folder, but some of it just goes like directly into the trash folder, which is weird
5: i I think that's where you send a lot of my stuff automatically, but yes. I'm not sure
0: yes yeah, no that no that's true uh, <laughs> Wait, hold on, wait, no no listen here's here's the, Rick here's a bunch of pictures of a sunset I took the other night, which is you know that's nice, and all that's very polite, but I'm probably not going to spend time looking at these. All right. Well, I'm going to have to wait for the guy to resend me pictures of the bronze nun because it does sound fantastic.
5: And and it, it'll be um, well waxed, I have a feeling so.
0: I have to go polish the bronze nun.
11: Excellent. Thank you. Mm, bye.
0: bye. Here's Tim Riley. So, maybe at the drugstore
1: on crutches uh, a few months ago has finally been caught. Don't ask me what took so long. He's a 26-year-old transient who police think robbed a Central Point pharmacy in December. Uh, they say Orion Drew is a North Portland transient, but he has relatives in Southern Oregon. The uh, cops say Drew went into uh, Pharmacy Express on East Pine Street, showed a handgun, and told customers and employees to lie down. Now, he's on crutches. And he demanded the highest potency of OxyContin pain pills that they had. He was also, uh, I I guess they were afraid that somebody might use a crutch on them. Uh, He got away with $8,000 worth of painkillers.
0: And he's in Multnomah County Jail right now awaiting extradition to Medford. You know, OxyContin is one of those things uh, I've never had uh, I've never had either oxycodone or oxycontin, which I do believe are the same drug, just one as time release. They sound fantastic. Like, I almost want to get my foot caught in some kind of machinery so that they'll give me oxycontin. You know what I mean? It just, it seems like it would be a whole lot of fun to take. Of course, I would never do that illegally, so they, that's why I would need to suffer some sort of horrific injury. I'm not asking people to injure me horrifically, but it does seem like, you know, I'd be willing to get my foot caught in a door pretty badly or something if I uh, if they would just give me a bottle of that.
1: Uh, So injured uh, trailblazer Senator Greg Oden writes in his blog he's going to vote for Barack Obama, saying he spoke recently to the Democratic uh, presidential hopeful. He said from his blog, Today I got a phone call from Senator Barack Obama. I was so nervous two days ago when I knew this was going to happen and wanted to make sure he knew I had done my homework on him. I have a lot of respect for him. He already has a really good feeling. Uh, As uh, time got closer, I got on his website, learned more about what he's about, and brushed up on what I knew. So he could be more comfortable. The conversation was quick like two minutes. But I got to talk to him like a real person. Uh, what I got from talking to him is that he's a real sports fan And he knew about the Blazers. I laughed and explained to him uh, about my mohawk. That it was just a haircut. And he told me he uh, liked how I handled myself as a young man. Thanks, Mom. I did not talk politics with him. He talks about this stuff all the time, and I'm going to keep learning more about the issues. He was a nice man, and I am a big fan. So does, Greg Oden doesn't really
0: do anything. I mean, he's got lots of time to read up on Barack Obama, doesn't really yeah. Sarah, you know this way more than I do. He doesn't really play, does he? Because he had the bum. Greg Oden, did he break something? No, he's not playing this season. So he's just sort of sitting around.
6: Yeah, because they yeah he was supposed he's to play. He's kind of the
0: David Beckham of Portland.
6: Well, then he had to have knee surgery, so he had to sit out this season. So he's gonna be playing next season.
0: I thought they made some probably noise probably. about how he was coming back earlier than scheduled. Oh, I don't know. Because remember there was the whole, hey, we got Greg Oden. Hey, he can't play. Hey, he's coming back. Oh, I guess he's not. And so, he but they they've, st- they've still got his jersey up. Yeah, he like He's
6: sits there. He's sitting there every game, and like you know, in a fancy suit on the sidelines.
0: Now, is it when you say fancy suit, is it like a play-in suit, or is it like suit and tie? Or men's no, warehouse. Oh, yeah. really? Oh, I was gonna say that would just uh, that would be equal parts great and terrible no, if he actually just... suited up, but like in the warm-up.
6: Fully decked out. Last time I saw him, he was wearing like a khaki jacket and khaki pants, and like a bright pink shirt, and he just looks totally suave.
0: <sighs> you too can get paid for doing nothing. Jesus. You know what? I do. I do regret the fact that Greg Odin isn't actually playing because I had all of these great. It's how often do you get a guy named Odin uh, on, your, on your sports team? Because I love the idea of lots of stories. Like when you said, like Odin endorses Barack Obama. Uh-huh. I love the idea. Of, yes, today. Today, Odin, the Norse god of war, endorsed Barack Obama for president. The Norse god of, um, wait, I used to know this. I used to kind of have this weird Jeremy Goodwin-like ability to know what, who is the god of what. I do believe Odin is the Norse god of, uh, war? Well, war and battle. And then something something that doesn't belong like, poetry. So, the Norse god of poetry endorsed Barack Obama for president today. I'm going to make those Odin jokes regardless. I'm going to try to find news about uh, Odin more often so that we can see what the Norse god of war and poetry is up to.
1: Dateline, Auburn, Washington. About 70 senior citizens were evacuated from an Auburn nursing home because the toilets were exploding with steam. (laughs) Uh, There was a boiler malfunction at Regency Auburn Rehabilitation Center that caused a minor explosion, setting off a sprinkler system and flooding the floors of the three-story building. Steam was exploding through the cold water system. Apparently, a toilet came off the floor in the steam explosion and broke a sprinkler head off. Firefighters were concerned that water flowing from the bathrooms may reach reach electrical outlets, so they moved the seniors out of the building. One boiler was recently installed, but it wasn't clear exactly what caused the steam burst or how the hot and cold water systems were able to mix and make the toilet explode. Nobody was here for water damage, electrical systems in the kitchen. The 72 occupants were temporarily moved to other rehabilitation facilities using ambulances, buses, and vans.
0: You know, anything that has to do with exploding toilets is a real win in my book, so. Mm-hmm. The FBI
1: hopes a reward will lead to tips in the case of a series of hoax bomb devices left at Oregon military recruiting offices. Four hoax devices were left at four recruiting offices between March and November of last year. In each case, bombs got responded and eventually determined that they were safe. The White Bruce which is German for the White Rose, was written on each device. Historically, Die Rose was the name of a small group of anti-Hitler activists in World War II. Uh, the devices were found at Marine Recruiting Facilities in Salem, Armed Forces Recruiting Stations in Portland, Astoria, and in Salem as well. Yeah. The, FD, the FBI takes bomb threats very seriously, whether or not the device was a hoax or not. They're offering $10,000... And they'll also match uh, a ten thousand dollar reward given by some other people to find these vigilantes.
0: Excellent. Uh, by the way, and I'll find a way to blame Bill, Bill Gates for this. Uh, so uh, I, so the guy sent me uh, the nun photos, uh, and of course I realized having he just said, hey, here's a re, you know, he's forwarding it for he's like here's a resend of the nun photos from mm-hmm. that guy, um, and I realized that actually. I do have his earlier emails. They're sitting here in the inbox, and I didn't recognize it because it's from a cell phone, and I didn't really put it together in my head. But So here's the frustrating thing about this. So I'm looking at these emails right here. Maybe this problem doesn't happen on one of your Macintosh computers, but I'm looking here at the computer, and it says, like I use uh, all my email, my uh, Rick at Rick Emerson, all my email comes through a web interface just because it's easier. And I'm looking here at the size of the emails, and I can tell the photos are there. Why? The emails are 200K, Typically, you know, an email that's just text is like 4K, 5 maybe. This this email's 203K. Clearly there are photos. Uh, so I click on the email. Hey, this is 203K email with these photos I can't wait to see. I'll click on it. No photos, nothing there. Can't see them. No, they can't be seen or viewed in any way. So that's fantastic. So I'm sorry, Guy. They're just, uh, it's not that, I know you're sending them. Just, I can't view them for some reason. So I will continue to, uh, I'll do my best. Here's Tim Riley.
1: Uh, from Connecticut comes word, uh, officials have expelled a Jonathan Law high school student accused of igniting her science teacher's hair on fire during class. The girl was arrested after she ignited the ponytail of George Lardis with a lighter.
0: <laughs> That's, I had sympathy for the teacher until I heard ponytail.
1: Uh-huh. And it's a male teacher, too.
0: Some, probably some old hippie. Men have feelings, too. He did not
1: require medical attention, but his hair is singed. The incident occurred in uh, late January, but only became public last week. School officials called the police at the time, and the girl has been charged with a reckless endangerment and third-degree assault and a breach of peace. Oh, this is bad news. This happened today, or yesterday. A fifth-grade boy manning the crosswalk near his school was struck by a current injured yesterday. <sighs> the driver didn't stop. No other students were hurt. The boy suffered a broken toe and said his back hurts, too. This happened on North Denver Avenue and North Bryant outside the... Chief Joseph Elementary School, Benny London III, who's only 11 years old. Benny London III? Benny London III, yeah. yeah. Was on duty, escorting students across the street in front of the school. When he says a silver four-door sedan went by, ran over his foot, spun him around, causing him to hit himself with a crossing guard flagpole. Uh, the driver should have stopped to help them, but he kept going. Oh, it was a woman driver, too. Of and the course. silver
0: sedan had a rooftop cargo
1: box. So you're supposed to stop for these kids. Just because they're small, it doesn't mean you can hit them.
0: Maybe if if he was brighter and shinier, she would have noticed him. I are on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello.
12: Hey, go back and look at those photos. There's more than one sun. Hello? What? You dumped those photos without looking at them. Go back and look at them. What
0: What photos are you referring to, sir?
12: The sunset.
0: Oh uh, yeah, these are the. I found those in my spam folder just now when I was looking for the photos of this nun giving the loaf to the kids.
6: Did you find the loaf?
0: No, I can't. The, 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 it's so frustrating. The the, the, the email. You
6: need, to, you need to get a different email server. So, I know you've had that email address for so long. So you know what? You can have it routed uh, to something else.
0: I don't. Maybe. I but see here's the thing is I don't think it's the email service that I use because again this guy with the 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 what's it the the sunset photos he's talking about, they're right there I can see them. Hmm. I don't think it's. The, I really don't think it's the email service. Uh, I think it's uh, maybe that it's the guy was sending me the photos from a cell phone. That might have been oh, Richie just sent them to me. Really? Did yeah. he get them? Yeah, because I can see these sunset photos.
12: So, what well, is. take a real close yeah. look at the sunset, there's a there's a bright the sun over the West Hills isn't the sun. The sun is further to the south over uh, what would be uh, Supercuts right there on 39th and Powell.
0: Okay. So wait, hold on. So let, let first things first. So let me look at these photos you, you sent me. Oh, I'm looking at right here. Uh, so you are showing me a picture of, all right. So just everybody knows, this guy is sending me a photograph of a sunset or whatever at uh, taken uh, from basically the supercuts on 39th and Powell.
12: You are uh, taking from Safeway.
0: All right, uh, they have better sunsets. And so you're saying that there are two suns in the sky in these photos.
12: Well, there's something that uh, I thought initially was the sun over the West Hills. It, it's looking straight like over T-Mobile and then up over um, OHSU. Right. It's really bright. I thought it was the sun, but then uh, actually the sun was a little Oh, no, side. no,
0: I see it. Okay, I see it. I see what you're talking about. That is kind of weird, Well, they,
1: there's a separate sun for the east side and the west side. I was just going to say,
12: <laughs> Tim,
0: uh, Tim well, Neighborhood gets their own sun, sir, and it's polished three times a day.
12: Well, that's... That's well, fine. But right. what's odd is it's so big it. and bright, um, out of all the people in Portland, just going down Pell, a million people would have seen it, and uh, I've not heard anything about it.
0: It's a little odd. Okay, I'll, uh, yeah, I'll, uh, well, I'll, I don't know. I'll, I was going to say I'll look into it, but I don't really know what I would do. So, yeah. all right, we'll uh, we'll 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 look into it.
13: Submit it for your approval. Yeah, thanks. Uh-huh. Bye. There you go.
0: All right. Uh, so this is, well, you can't really see it, but this. So there's, there's one over there. that, and then there's this. That's kind of weird. It is kind of weird, actually. I'm looking. I'll put these on my website later. So this is a guy taking a photograph, and it does look yes like there are two suns. Maybe one is just some sort of small nuclear explosion. All right, Sarah, did you? Were you able to see the photo of the nun giving the loaf to the kids?
6: I sure was. I saw the nun giving them is, the loaf. Or do
0: you have more than one? Because the guys tried. The guys sent two. Me about yeah, about two different photos here.
6: <laughs> All right. So yeah. Okay, so let, there's let me the, say the other one. There's the close-up one.
0: Oh, Tim, check that out. Oh, yeah. Right check, here.
7: Checking out the nun giving the loaf. How
0: <laughs> <laughs>
6: There is in no world that looks like a loaf of anything oh, except a, for... A loaf oh, of that, something. that
1: could be a, a baguette. <laughs> I hear that a There's lot. There's
6: some brie in a baguette, children.
0: <laughs>
6: <laughs> be hungry no more.
0: A baguette. I think it is a baguette sort of uh a... She's handling a baguette. Is a baguette... A baguette sort of sounds like a low-grade fluffer. <laughs> hey, can we get a Hey, can we get a baguette in here? The good sister is not a fluffer. <laughs> fluffer. All right, here's. That's really that's really really funny. All right, we have to start spreading uh, the urban legend like now. That you must rub the loaf for good luck. Uh, so Jesus will hear your prayer. I feel kind of
6: bad that it's outside of a cancer ward, though.
0: They need a laugh. Really, honestly. (gasps) That would be entertaining for them. Who needs humor more than people in a cancer ward? Uh, I mean, I'll need something to look at someday when I'm in that cancer ward. So there you go. That's wonderful. Remember, if you uh, rub the loaf, Jesus will hear your prayer. Fantastic. Here's Tim Riley. Tabraise Snuff Watch. Here's your Snuff Watch uh, for Wednesday on the Rick Emerson Radio
14: (laughs) Program.
1: Buckley Jr. is dead. Dead. 82, found dead in the cell Connecticut by his cook. Now, whether or not you agree with him, and probably most of our listeners would, uh, he did live a full life, and even with, you know, two or three pages, I mean, it just scratches the surface of everything he did. He was an editor, columnist, novelist, debater, TV host, star of firing line, a harpsichordist, a transatlantic sailor. He even ran for the uh, New York Marist race once in the 60s and lost. He also uh, founded the uh, National Review... In the 1950s, he defended Joe McCarthy. He argued with all kinds of people. He uh, founded the National Review in 1955, and it lost money for years, but he kept going with it. He was born in 1925 in New York City, the sixth of ten children of a multimillionaire oil tycoon. And this family had holdings in seven countries. He spent his childhood in France and England and an exclusive Roman Catholic school. This
11: explains
0: so much.
1: He was eight years old when he wrote to the King of England demanding payment for the British war debt.
0: <laughs> Come on, how great is that? Yep. Excellent. God
1: bless him. I mean, he uh, he took on the arch-conservative John Burt Society, a growing force in the 50s and 60s. And he wrote uh, the first of his successful spy thrillers, Saving the Queen, in 1976. He was uh, a studio Ivy Leaker, which I kind of like. No, he was he really he was good at it too. Yep, he was very good at it, and uh, he was the first to do so. Yep, you probably saw him on Firing Line at one time or another. That show was on for years, <sighs> up until '99, I think. I think it was. Yeah, it was on for a long time. Yeah, 1999, he closed down Firing Line after 23 years on the air. Uh, let's see here.
0: I mean, there's just so much about him. And I'm sure all the fans about him know all about him. Yeah, he just did did everything. And and, although he is sort of on the different end of the ideological spectrum, uh, if you you know who Christopher Hitchens is, Christopher Hitchens is probably the closest to a modern-day William F. Buckley. Very erudite, Mm -hmm. sort of, well, snobby. uh, Snobby and just, you always get the feeling that he is just lowering himself to speak to you as though you were a very small child. You know, you get that, like, you know, Christopher Hitchens will answer a question, he'll go... Well, first, it must be noted that, you know, and it's a whole lot of like, God, you're dumb. And that's, I mean, that William F. Buckley did the same thing. Unbelievably smart, massive vocabulary. Oh, he was a for the CIA in 1951. Of course he was. Why not? And
1: uh, let's see, he was uh, inducted to the CIA as a deep cover agent. Jesus. Believe it or not. So he was in Mexico City for some ridiculous reason. And he was dosed with sodium pentothal and forced to give out the names of everybody he knew in, in uh, the CIA. But he could only come up with one name. And that was E. Howard Hunt. <laughs> so, I mean, want to light this guy has lived. I mean, I don't agree with anything he's done.
0: Oh, no, of course. No, he's, no ideologically speaking, he's just completely backward and repellent. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, that's not the point. He, you know what it is? It's not what he did. It's how he did it. Uh, uh, he really was a man with his own style.
1: He was also capable of deep and genuine dislikes. Uh, we, we have probably his classic uh, TV clip here from 1968, a debate with Gore Vidal. And Vidal calls him a pro-war crypto-Nazi. Uh, Buckley snarls back in an anti-gay slur, uh, w- which end culture would do these days, I guess. Oh, of course. So uh, here's a clip from that. i, I... I believe this is Bidell
4: You must realize yeah, that some of the political issues are here. That many still not people in the United States uh, happen to believe that the United States policy is wrong in Vietnam. And the Viet Cong are correct in wanting to organize their country in their own way politically. This happens to be pretty much the opinion of Western Europe and many other parts of the world. If it is a novelty in Chicago, that is too bad. Is well, I Bidel's assume thinking. that for the point of the American yeah. democracy... And you, you can express it any point of any view of you want it. Shut up a minute. No, I won't. And Some people were Foto-Nazi, Nazi, and the answer is that they were, they were well-treated but. by people who ostracized them, and I'm for ostracizing people who egg on other people to shoot American Marines and American soldiers. As I know you don't as care, as care as you As far as I'm concerned, concern the, the only sort of pro- crypto nazi yes. I can think of is yourself, uh, failing that. Let's, I will only let's say, let's say that all we, we can't have... Now, listen, you... The right the Stop me calling me a crypto-Nazi. Stop calling me a crypto-Nazi. Stop
7: calling
1: goddamn
4: face, and you'll stay placid, Gentlemen, let's let's go. The author of back to his pornography and stop making any allusions of natural. you. Somebody infantry in
5: the last war. You were not
0: left left of left the Nancy. infantry. As a matter of I would like to. to. You you were not. Wow. That was maybe CTV TV in 1968. You know, you just don't see exchanges like that anymore. No. <laughs> and you get the feeling when he says, "I'll plaster your face, and it will stay plastered." Can't you see him all laced up, uh, like like in the golden gloves, like like with the old like uh, like the like the bloomers from the 30s, like with the big handlebar mustache in the ring, like. Sir, I challenge you to lay down your, you know, fisticuffs. Jesus.
1: Uh, One fan wrote, Mr. Buckley, you are the mouthpiece of that evil rabble that defends on fraud, perjury, dirty tricks, and anything that suits your purposes. I would trust a snake before I would trust you on anything you support. And Buckley responded, what would you do if I supported
0: the snake? (laughs) It was really, really great. Um... So, so we can talk about them all day, but you can read about them. I mean, yeah, can I mean, some pages. Yeah, I mean, read really, uh, quite a lot. Uh, and, and really, and it ha- it does. This also does have to be have to be said that he was the first, well, not the first, uh, but in in modern American history, in the 20th century, the first conservative to have any sort of a media presence or to be known as a sort of personality. And he was on PBS of all places. Yeah, that's it, which, uh, which, which is supposed to be the Little Red Schoolhouse, which is. <laughs> Which is an indication of how smart and sort of uh, again how much substance he really, as opposed to some you know like Ann Coulter or whatever, who really is just all flash. Um, it was a right re- that even PBS recognized how deep that guy was and how much substance he had. That he was just unbelievably conservative, but he was just so smart he could get away with whatever he wanted. So um, you know, without him, I mean, they really I mean, there's a pretty direct line. Uh, if a descending line uh, from him to all of the sort of uh, conservative mouthpieces today, none of them, none of them, could hold a candle to him in terms of substance. So uh, anyway, William F. Buckley, another fellow debate nerd, bites the dust. There you go. There's your watch. Take a break. Be back after this. It's the Rick Emerson Show. The Rick Emerson radio program, the home of the world's finest bumper music. It's 503 733 2970. We have this quiz Are You a Glutton? We'll all take this together later.
6: Ha. Huh. Uh, Are uh... you Rick Emerson? Are you?
0: No, of course I am. It's from, uh... I think it's from Weight Watchers. I uh, think it's an Are You a Glutton quiz. I of course I'm going to be the most gluttonous of all of us, but we'll uh, we'll take it later. It's five zero three seven three three two nine seven. Here's what's coming up later on. Uh, we'll do a great top five today. Uh, who wants to know what it is? Are I you? do. Top five songs that are the victims of their own success. Top five songs that have suffered because of their own success.
6: <gasps> like I'm just throwing, I like totally Eclipse of the Let's
0: heart. Turn it face down so you can't see. Okay. You're guessing. Total eclipse of the heart.
6: Maybe. Like something that's been like beat to death with karaoke, but it's like still one of the most beautiful songs ever written.
0: It's entirely possible, sir. Uh, let's see, what else is trying up. play? We got that, uh, Mr. Skin at 1.30, and so forth. Uh, i got kind of a cool song to play later if we have time. Here's Tim Riley. The
1: Oregon mayor who posted racy photos of herself on the Internet and lost her job is speaking out for the first time. Mayor Carmen Contour, Gronquist, was stripped of her position after the town voted her out of office one forty two to one thirty nine. She said she did the best she could.
2: I gave one hundred and ten percent, and that's all I could do. You know, I devoted the last three years of volunteer time, and the
6: only reason why I came into this mayor position is for fiscal accountability.
0: You know, he's now selling signed copies of that photo on the eBay. Good for her. I really, honestly, I wish her all the best. So uh, there you go.
1: Uh, then we had that debate last night. That was on MSNBC.
0: Yes? So there's some white specks on the counter I had to get rid of them. I think those are permanent. <laughs> well, there's here's the thing. There was one of them that I got rid of, mm-hmm. and then there's this one white that speck keeps... coming back. No, no, it's like I can't get rid of it. It's like it's built into the counter somehow. Oh, yeah, that's been there for a while. It, it really is it like way. when McGinley built the studio, it's like he actually super glued a white speck to the counter just to screw with me. All right, I'm sorry. Uh, debate last night. Debate last night. Uh, Hillary Clinton, Barack Obama. Luckily,
1: uh, no minds were changed. Uh, Hillary said if she could she would take back your vote to authorize the war in Iraq. I would not have voted that way again. I would certainly,
6: as president, never have taken us to war in Iraq, and I regret deeply that uh, President uh, Bush waged a preemptive war, which I warned against and uh, said I disagreed with.
11: Mistakes were made.
1: Obama uh, denounced any support from Louis Farrakhan, but Clinton didn't think that was enough.
11: If the word reject, uh, Senator Clinton feels is stronger than uh, the word denounce, uh, then I'm happy to concede the point. Uh, and I would reject and denounce.
0: And right there, that's, you know what that is? I drink your milkshake. That's what that is right there. She told, she thought she was going to just, uh, shaft him with that, that, uh, because, because he got the endorsement by, uh, Farrakhan and he didn't, he didn't really say anything about it. He kind of went, well, what can you do? And, and he didn't just come out and flat out tell Farrakhan to get bent. And Hillary, you can tell she thought she was just going to put that around him like a millstone. And, uh, and he just completely dissipated. It's weird, man. It's like he has, some, he has some bizarre, you know, what did the Colgate used to have? The, the invisible shield? Oh, yeah. This invisible shield protects teeth from harmful cavities. Uh, Barack Obama has, like, the X-17 invisible shield around him. Uh, and so Hillary would just launch these broadsides, and Barack just kind of goes, they cannot penetrate my barrier of hope. And then they just sort of dissipate into, like, a little powder.
1: So it went on all night. Yes, it did. Uh, then John McCain is apologizing for remarks made by some uh, local radio talk show host in Cincinnati. Oh, F that guy. Well, you, you know, in any town in the U.S., everybody has their own Lars Larson to appeal to the old gray-haired white man. Bloated tub of lard. So apparently the one from Cincinnati, whatever his name is. is
0: the, I read this article last night, too, and the guy's just such a gum chewer, you can tell. Right. Well, that's
1: what, that's what keeps most of these radio stations going. They appear to these old people. Uh, he referred to Barack Obama by his full name, Barack Hussein Obama. He also described Obama as being a hack. Now, McCain distanced himself from this uh, talk show host as he talked to reporters afterwards.
12: I condemn it, and
1: uh, if I have any, um, any responsibility, I will take responsibility, and I
12: apologize for it.
1: So the Lars Larson of Cincinnati made it a point to emphasize Barack Obama's middle name.
10: Some point, the media... Well, quit taking sides in this thing and maybe start
3: covering Barack Hussein Obama. I'm sure
1: there's a
0: 1,000-watt day timer in Cincinnati that could use his help. I was just going to say, why don't you go read a farm report, Chester? Yeah, they, and he said it like 50 times during the speech. And, you know, McCain immediately came out and told that guy to get bent. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> McCain came out. and just You know, that's and that's got to be embarrassing for a guy like McCain, who whatever whatever one thinks of McCain, he is a man of a certain stature and does kind of carry himself in a certain way. And then you just get some tool user you know, it's some guy uh, sitting behind a $5 microphone at, you know, at like a station in the middle of a cornfield. Who, And they all think that they're the next Rush Limbaugh. That's the yeah. problem. They, And that's, see, and that guy there, that whoever that name is, whatever, Dick Talk show host, he is the unfortunate uh, progeny of William F. Buckley Jr. Do You know what I mean? Yeah. That's really what it is. Just like Nirvana gave us Puddle of Mud, so William F. Buckley Jr. gives us that uh, dick, whoever he is. So F him. Something.
1: Yeah. Anyway, uh, back to. Uh, oh, here's. This is interesting. A school bus driver in Gilbert, Arizona, could face charges for her involvement in a brawl that took place on the bus. Uh, they want Kim Sullivan charged with aggravated assault for getting into a shoving and hair pulling match involving three teenage students. On, you know, the teenage students started all this. The fight got so intense, at least one of the students called 911.
8: Um, our bus driver is insane. Um, <laughs> she just got
4: in a fist fight. I'm getting the fuck off the bus. I'm not dealing with oh, this. No. They something <laughs> quickly got out of hand.
7: No,
8: you're not. Stop
0: touching that! Fantastic. The driver warned the students to behave. Just
8: be quiet and behave yourself, so we can make it
0: home. Oh, somebody needs a somebody needs a beating. Seriously, you know that somebody on that bus—they won't say it, but we will. Somebody there needs a good beating. Jesus. All right. And guess what? This is strange.
1: England has been rocked by an earthquake, both London and Manchester. It is a 5.3.
14: It's it's never happened before. I was sitting in the kitchen and it was a massive bang and everything moved, but a, a great big blast of hot air came up from the floor. I, I thought the boiler had exploded. We've uh,
2: Wait, heard weird. the house vibrate and everything
14: shook and everything, the room and the pictures.
5: The funny thing was I thought it was on the telly and I looked down, the desk was like side to side. But why
1: would... Okay, why is there an earthquake in England? Well, that's
4: no, I mean, there are
0: earthquakes everywhere, right? Not necessarily in England. I guess it, it, England's pretty small though. That's one of those places where like one big tsunami wiped that whole place out. It's been around forever though. You can't yeah. overrun by the Irish. Yeah. So there's a so there's yeah so there's that. Why would hot air be coming out of the floor? I don't know. Is that Quite like one of those l- toilets explode? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Why do birds suddenly appear every time you're near Tim? Uh, the but I mean is that what that 's like one of those weird like vents of hell are opening up underneath you i don 't know there was a blast of hot air and then a many headed hydra came out of the floor. I asked it to have crumpets that 's just bizarre like somebody got to be looking into that 's like a hell mouth kind of a thing happening there all right so uh, there 's that also by the way you so you know for a long time we ran a promo here that had um that had lycus uh miking the Arm for his for his microphone, uh-huh. where he I would. Loved see that promo. With, let me see if I can see if I can make it here. Uh, no, yours
6: was very squeaky. That's a poor man's Lycus promo. <laughs> uh,
0: yeah, I'm trying to like replicate the Lycus promo, but it was it was his his mic arm was really really squeaky, and so he was kind of going Aah! like moving his mic arm back and forth. So there's a new one though. I'm gonna find it. I'm gonna make a promo out of it. You he heard Lycus' show yesterday. He. He's sitting in his, uh, in his. I don't know what it is. but like every time they give him a studio, they give him one thing that doesn't work. Um, I mean, for the longest time, like the microphone would, it was one of those old microphones that looked like a water molecule. And he would go in there and he'd be speak, speaking into the wrong end of it. So it sounded like this. I remember more than once, Lycus came in and Tim knows what I'm talking about. They have one of those in that in Prod 2, which is right next to us. One of those old school microphones, it's like two spongy uh, Nerf balls back to back. And sometimes you don't know which end of the microphone to talk into. And so more than once, they would play that enter Sandman like, like, and now here he is, Tom Likus, And then he'd, Yo, listening to the Tom Likus. What? you always think of it, Tom it. What? And then it was like he would be talking into the wrong end of the mic. Then he had the microphone arm that didn't work. They then, had one
6: of those at um, at KUPL, one of those huge The big spongy. Yeah. And one actually in this program this problem. Yeah, and right you here. never
0: know if you're talking to the I right could end. I never tell. Then they put him in New York, and they wouldn't. there was something where the microphone off switch didn't work, and he didn't realize it, so he was sitting there eating on the air during a call. And so, so he told us, the way he recapped it was even better, where somebody's going, so anyway, so a- Tom, I'm trying to dump my girlfriend, and Tom's going, really, that's great. <laughs> Just sitting there eating for the entire hour. So last night I'm listening to him, and it's again the same thing, but they've given him, a whole studio, except for one thing that doesn't work, and this its the table. And I guess the table has one bum leg, so it leans constantly. And so every time he would sort of shift in his chair, the table would kind of go, Aah! and it was just the loudest thing you've ever heard. It's fantastic. So I'm going to find that. That will be a promo. So here's Tim Riley. Well, a tribute to uh, Mr. Rogers
1: will include an effort to get everyone everywhere to wear a sweater on what would have been his 80th birthday. March 20th is being promoted as Sweater Day to honor Mr. Rogers, who died of cancer five years ago. A sweater was his trademark on Mister. Rogers' neighborhood. David Newell, who played Speedy Delivery Man Mister. McFeely, didn't we interview him once? We had.
0: Uh, I don't Mr. think we interviewed him, but I think we met him. Oh, we met him in the hallway. Got our pictures taken at intercom. Yeah. Uh, I forgot. I think he'd been on with Nelson and Terry or somebody. Oh, maybe. And uh, because I met him in the parking lot, I was coming <laughs> into work. And I had, it's funny, I had my Mary's Club jacket on that they gave me. So I had my Mary's Club jacket on, but then that guy who worked at the Cosmopolis Police Department sent me a a patch, because we love Cosmopolis. The guy sent me a patch from (coughs) the Cosmopolis Police Department. So I'm wearing a jacket from a strip club, but on the shoulder it says Cosmopolis Police. And so I'm walking in, and there's, what's his name? I forget his real name, David something or other. Uh, And, you know, it's Mr. McFeely from the Mr. Rogers Show. And I said... Dude, you're Mr. McFeely, you know, like every idiot. You're you're that guy. And he goes, Yes, I am. Nice to meet you. And he goes, Are you with the police? And I said, I realized he was asking me because I had this Cosmopolis police badge. And I had to say, I said, Oh, no, it's just a listener gave me. And then I was, like, being really careful not to let him see the back. Like, I was all embarrassed. I didn't want Mr. McFeely to see me wearing a strip club jacket. I, I felt all ashamed. Um, but, yeah, we didn't have Mom. But, we, yeah, he, he came out of the, stu- uh, in the hallway. We met him there. So, yeah.
1: So, uh, Sweater Day is uh, part of a six-day celebration planned for Family Communications of Pittsburgh. And that was Mr. Rogers' company that used to uh, produce the show. So, March 20th, make sure you're dressed up uh, for Mr. Rogers. Excellent. Uh, want Michael Jackson's merry-go-round? How about his locomotive or his curtains? Those items could hit the auction block next month. As Neverland Ranch is put up for public sale, unless Michael Jackson pays more than $24 million, he still owes on that property. Financial title company filed the notice of trustee sale with Santa Barbara County Superior Court, setting the auction date for March 19th.
0: Uh, Jackson's spokeswoman, apparently he still has one, will not return phone call. That's How do you know she? Really, I think Jackson's spokes, uh, spokeswoman talks a lot like this. At the tone, leave your message. That's it. So if the property goes on sale,
1: the initial asking price could be higher than the $24.5 million that Jackson owes because of interest to another cause. Worst tenant ever. Also going on sale of the homes, furnishings, and items
0: on the property. We should totally buy something from Neverland. Something tiny. Mm-hmm. A toaster. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Something minuscule. Just so we can have it here. You know, just like a tiny little piece of something from Michael Jackson's house. We don't, pay, we don't kick in on that, yeah. right? I mean, what? we ought to get Rupert on this. That is a piece of history. Totally. We, we, I mean, we, we, look, I have Ozzy Osbourne's gum at home in a bag. So uh, uh, we should totally talk to Rupert about this. We all ought to pitch in and just see like how much for like, a square inch of the carpet. Just say, look, look like, we'll give you, like, 200 bucks for a square inch of the Neverland carpet. Uh, just so you can, like, have it. I mean, that would be... I would completely... Why don't they that? sell uh, squares of the grass there? It's 2,500 acres. And, I mean, they got... I mean, you could... Well, it's like there was... um So there's... like uh, This is creepy. So the creepiest... Uh, by the way, I don't own this, by the way. Despite my... Uh, my wife, despite my my, my constant request to my wife that she buy me a squeaky from, uh, she should buy me an autographed squeaky from postcard for my birthday, which she just flat out told me she's not going to do. Um, this is a thing I don't own, but the same guy who was selling the handwritten postcard by Squeaky Fromm was selling, Q cringe, uh, he was selling pieces of John Denver's death, death plane. What? From twenty. <laughs> I was kind of tempted to buy one.
6: Oh, really? Because I know
0: people are big John Denver fans, and I thought maybe for Christmas, <laughs> like with a little bow on top. Here you go. Um, but it was for like twenty-five bucks. Y- you would get a uh, like a three-inch square chunk of of the plane John Denver was in when he crashed.
1: Is that extra for a burnt part? <laughs> <laughs>
0: DNA costs extra. <laughs> Anything with matting on it's going to cost fifty. Um, so I was kind of I was tempted for about ten seconds. I don't well, well, see Joan Rivers selling that on QVC. Can't you yeah. selling? What's her dead husband's name? Julius. Oh no, what was his name? Because she talked about him constantly. Mm-hmm. I think it was Julius or Fang. Oh no, that's Phyllis Diller. No, that's Phyllis Diller. was uh, the? Oh, what's... the guy he committed suicide. Yeah, because he lived with not Cussy, but I mean he was famous. He lived with Joan Rivers. I think his name was Julius, but I might be wrong about that. My husband Julius. But yeah, it's the uh, you expect her to start selling that stuff like. Molded down into like some sort of a gem that she can sell on the uh, on channel ninety eight. Anyway, so this guy was selling pieces of John Verdevers Denver's plane for twenty five dollars. I opted uh, not to buy that, but but it's a piece of history. That and also a swatch from Michael Jackson's house. I would totally pay for that. All right.
1: Yep. I have I have something here. I know will interest you.
0: Really? Yes. On KCMd Portland. Yes. Okay.
1: Uh, this comes to us from the
0: Dowd Agency, an interview opportunity. Wait, hold on. The Dowd Agency. The Dowd, the Dowd agency, agency. Yes. It's not Marine Dowd it doesn't say. Okay, wait, hold on. Uh is this an interview with uh a man or a woman? It is a man. Um would the man be viewed as a celebrity? No. Okay. Is he an author?
1: No. He's not an author. Well, he has written
0: things. Is is he uh being interviewed to promote something he has recently written? Uh let's see here. Uh possibly. <laughs> Thanks that really helps me helps me out um uh, is it regarding music no is it regarding television no
1: it's a product
0: oh it's regarding a product is it regarding a ronco product no is it regarding the fat scale no is it i'm going to do two more then i'm going to give up is it um it's a man he may have recently written he's on promoting a product something in
1: 1998
0: is it something I am familiar with, do you think, the thing he wrote in 98? No. <laughs> Worst clues ever. Um, uh, Should we give up? No, 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 no. Hold on. Give me, give me. Um, uh, is it about infomercials? No.
1: Although like, th- this might uh, turn out to be one. But he he does not have an infomercial okay. as far as I know at
0: this point. Uh, so did he write uh, an article about collecting Star Wars figures? No. Okay, What? what who is it?
1: Learn the hard facts about bad breath. Dr. Marvin Cohen is a bad breath expert. He actually wrote the halitosis section of the 1998 Encyclopedia Britannica. How many people know about this? What causes bad breath? How can you really get rid of it? Can you really get rid of it? Dr. Marvin Cohen can answer all these questions, plus many others, about bad breath and halitosis. I think think John River's husband's name was Marvin. I don't think. Dr. Marvin Cohen runs the Smart Mouth Mouthwash with his daughter, Dr. Suzanne Cohen. A smart mouth can eliminate and prevent bad breath, including morning breath, 24 hours a day with regular twice daily use. Are you interested in speaking with Dr. Marvin Cohen? I don't know,
0: are we? He's
1: available uh, Thursday, March 6th, and Friday, March
0: 7th.
7: Does it say
6: what time, time? samples.
0: Yes, that, that, totally. We demand samples. Uh, of course, we don't demand samples. We don't samples. demand
6: them. No, it would be, it'd no. be a pleasant trip. I
0: would like to be familiar with the product. He has a daily practice
1: of general family dentistry in the suburb of St. Louis.
0: Now, let, uh, let me just be very clear about this. We're not demanding samples in exchange for talking he about He lives it. there no. with his wife Charlotte. <laughs> much not. No, we're absolutely not doing that. That came out wrong. Um, but I would be curious to kind of know
1: what this is. Is it like it's a mouthwash or something? It gets rid of bad breath and halitosis. All right. So a smart
0: mouth mouthwash. Well, Richie, we're not asking for samples. Let's be very clear on that when we speak to them. Um, so uh, no other mouthwash in the market lasts longer than one hour,
1: according to Dr. Cohen.
0: Well, let me ask you this. Uh, is it alive? In other words, does it give us a window of time?
1: You can only have him Thursday, March 6th, or Friday, March 7th.
0: Does it give a time window, though? In no. The, oh, really? So we can do it live? Because I'm not so. going to pre that crap. Right. So, okay, but you know what we could do with that? We could do our, uh, like, our Dr. Elmo thing. Uh, we have a listener kind of do that stunt interview. Oh, that
6: was so uncomfortable. But it was
0: fun. Mm-hmm. It was fun, and it would be a chance for a listener to win something. And plus, then we get to have him on, and uh, I don't have to do it. I don't have to get a... You know what it is? It's like a little coffee break in the middle of the show for me. I can just sit here. I don't have to do anything. All right. We should hand that to Richie. I think that's a yes. Richie? It's time for us to learn more about the facts of bad breath. Hey, can I just tell you this? Do you remember I told that story yesterday when uh, Laura and I were doing the big loop around the city? We drove down 82nd past Honeysuckles, uh, and uh, we drove by all of those, like, uh, trashy restaurants and whatever, and then back to our home. You know, we drove... Like every day... Yes. (laughs) Anywho, so we were driving down Sandy, and it was like way, way north. It was like 100 and, you know, whatever in Sandy. Mm -hmm. We drove by a restaurant, and I only saw it. We saw it, and we sort of couldn't believe our eyes, and you just prompted the memory. I think that there is a restaurant in Portland called Tosis, T-O-S-I-S. See, that's the face we made, because... What are the first things you? And first of all, Lara told me that there's some other illness that ends to it's like paronychosis or something, which is like an uncontrollable fungus of your toes or whatever. Uh, and then there's halitosis, right? Mm-hmm. And I think she said that the suffix "tosis" means like rot or something. I'm, 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 but I would you would somebody look up? I'm gonna go to Wikipedia. There's a
1: tosis restaurant in Stevensville
0: Missouri okay but I
6: think it's on 61st and Sandy
0: there you go 61st and Sandy my name is Tosis I live on the second floor (laughs) (laughs) um the uh okay I can't it's things like that that you say is why I love you
1: (laughs) (laughs) my only it is a big triangular diner on Sandy where mostly old people go
6: so you can smoke oh, is there. The, is it the new Sandy? Is that that they made the Sandy jug? now? you
1: can you can smoke uh, there and play video poker.
0: Oh really? Really? All right. I don't know. Video we didn't go in. We just me. we
1: just drove this by. This sounds it. like some Tanya Harding place.
0: Uh, let's see here. Tosis because she told me that Tosis is again, some sort of a um, uh, uh, um, you know it's a medical suffix that it. Oh, it's a it's really a Greek something. influence restaurant. Let's see. Tosis.
6: Where mostly old people go. It's yeah. <laughs> funny.
0: I, uh, let's see. Oh, ptosis. Okay, here we go. Tosis means disease. <laughs> this is from, uh, whatever, some magazine here. Tosis. Oh, okay, here we go. Tosis means disease. Usually, condition of the skin and generally refers to non-inflammatory skin disorders. So, there you go. Well, something I guess that old is... people like. So, by the way, we're not passing judgment on the restaurant. are supposed
6: to have fabulous food. Well,
0: so they're saying we're just... I'm just saying it is a restaurant. Now, correct me. We're, we're being I'm accurate it's about I'm going Tossies. But it's spelled ptosis, Tosis, T-O-S-I-S. Tosis, which according to this site means disease. I wonder if maybe someone didn't consult a phrase book correctly. That's kind of what I'm wondering. All right. Well, whatever. So sure nobody would care once you get above a certain street. I'm just saying I'm sure it's a fine place, but the name of the restaurant did sort of throw us a little bit. Mm-hmm. So there you go. All right. Well, fantastic. So uh, there you go. Well, we'll look into the halitosis guy. (laughs) Tosis. Don't you think it's about time that somebody made, like one of the Farrelly brothers, I think, made a movie with Mr. and Mrs. Mm Tosis? Hello, Mr. and Mrs. Tosis. Come on in. Uh, Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Hey,
9: Rick. Tim, Sarah. Hey. Uh, Did you read the, uh, uh, the article about the Arlington mayor this morning, the Oregonian? Uh, no. no we, we don't read we, don't, we read Where? headlines. We skim, sir. Well, I got a little Emerson snicker this morning when I opened my paper. The last quote she gave is, I regret nothing. Really? Yeah. <laughs> Good it's for in, her. It's in the paper. Uh, about three weeks ago, I called, and, uh, when, uh, I heard Sarah say, it sounds like that guy calls every day. And I wanted to say, when you described the guy, you said mid 40s, smokes a lot, used to drink a lot.
0: Oh, oh no, no, no. Here's what I was talking about. I was saying that, um, uh, of the people who call, I said that there, uh, there yeah, you were a
9: generic description of us.
0: I Well, I said that there's a couple of things. First of all, I said that there's a few names that we get. Like we have about a, 15 different guys named Jason who call us and right. Jesse. We have a lot of guys named Andy who call us. We yeah. have a lot of guys named Matt who call us. Right. I also right. noted that a lot of the guys in the audience fell into one of two uh, vocal styles. One of them was sort of a mid-20s. They all sound like Peter from Nickel Arcade, smart, kind of high-pitched, kind of snarky when they talk, kind of like this, um, which is kind of, I guess, how I talk. Uh, And then the other guys all sort of sounded like you, where it's, so again, mid-40s, you get the feeling they've smoked a lot, and they always sound a little unshaven.
9: Yeah. Yeah, that's you. Yeah, yeah. used to drink like a fish and smoke weed by the bale. Stunned. Yeah, but uh-huh. but uh, that's all gone. Uh, hey, I, I, during the three weeks, I, I wanted to really focus on something. John McCain is 72 years old. I've been watching the obituaries in the Portland area. Uh-huh. About 60% of the people that die are under 72. Yeah. And I'm wondering if uh, we don't have uh, like a primary colors almost kind of thing in the general about to happen. I mean, he's 72, but he's also – he spent six years in the Hanoi Hilton, and they busted every bone in his body. Yeah,
0: well, I, wait. When you say a primary colors thing, oh, you mean that? Well, yeah, uh, yeah,
9: You remember Larry Hagman's character jumped in,
0: and then uh, and then is unable to complete the race. Yes, right. Uh, well, you know who knows? I mean, people have said the thing about John McCain is, look, I'm not trying to bust on the guy for being old. We're all going to be old, but he just sort of seems so confused about where he is sometimes. He does seem very. Puzzled and sort of like he. If you look at him, you can kind of sense that he's sort of feeling around for the words before he gets to them. Well, and, and that's
9: my point. You yeah. watch him get off an airplane; the guy can barely move. Yeah, he it's, he just. It's really sad. I mean,
0: again, the guy's had a tougher life than anybody we know. But I mean, it's. Uh, but yeah, it does seem like he's aging kind of badly.
9: So I think that's the reason he won't be president, and I also think that's the reason Huckabee's staying in and Romney got out for the very same reason. They both want the nomination. When he falls over.
0: Hey boy, can I just tell you how bummed out I am that Romney dropped out Because I had a Romney watch team all ready to go. All right. <laughs>
9: thank you. Hey, one more thing. Yes. So my, my brother's in delivery. It, it's well known that the signal drops out just south of Eugene when you go into the power poles. So I pop a CD in when I go down there. But it, it popped out. I hit the eject button right around the Enchanted Forest, and I got the signal all the way to Roseburg. Really? Yeah.
0: Excellent. Fantastic.
9: Okay. All right. Thank you, my friend. Best show ever.
0: All right. Well, you know, we have those two big tall towers on the hillside, the highest in town, saturating uh, everybody with our signal. Put up since the 1930s. Into the fillings in your uh, child's mouth. <laughs> so uh, yeah, I I had it like a, I was working on a Romney watch and everything, and I'm not gonna be able to use that. But you know what I do? What I do realize, at some point, we're gonna have to come up with an Obama watch, uh, or a Hillary watch, uh, or a McCain watch. One of the three. And I I really honestly. I'd have no, I have no idea for any of them. I mean, really, I have no idea what we would do for an Obama watch or a Hillary watch. Because there's a couple caveats. First of all, the Obama watch is not going to be about him being black. Uh, just because it's just like, because that's just like, almost nothing is beneath us, but that really is. Yeah, just, it's absolutely. just so lame. Um, just like, and here's the other thing. The Hillary watch is not going to be like The Bitch is Back by Elton John. Because we are not that show. So the Hillary watch is not going to be about her being bitchy. The Obama watch is not going to be about him being black, uh, and uh, and the McCain watch is probably not going to be about him being old. So those are the just because it's just too, you know, we do try to be a little clever about these things. So that being said, I have no idea what those watches would even be. I mean, I guess if people want, they can let me mail you, know, email us. Yeah, you we know, like need them
6: sooner than later.
0: Well, that's the thing is, like, it's uh, it's uh, it's almost March, so. And I mean, the thing is, look, and next Tuesday. We'll probably know if it's going to be Obama because if Hillary gets creamed next Tuesday, even if she doesn't drop out right away, it's, uh, you know, it's probably not, not going to be long for this campaign. So we will probably need an, Ob- an Obama watch sooner rather than later. Uh, Todd the Corpse. I remember at one point Todd the Corpse made that carry watch that, like, let's see, do we ever play this? I know. Here's the thing. I know we've never played the carry watch that I made because I just sadly put it away that I sadly I put it a- <laughs> put it away that November morning. I was all ready to go with the carry watch. I was like, But oh, like even I'm just so mentioning
6: your name like makes me sad. It makes you tired. Uh-huh. For me
0: I just kinda kinda go all right. Um but um anyway, the uh let's see here. Would Tim did Kerry have two E's? No. K-E-R-R-Y. K E we don't even remember how to spell his name. We can't even remember how his name is spelled. Well we we
1: kinda get rid of those terrible
0: memories. Um Let's see. Well, I don't. Uh, yeah, I don't. I don't know where it is. Well, I had. I had it here somewhere. Um, uh, Todd the corpse had sent me. Uh, he had sent me the um, his carry watch theme, which I don't think we ever used, except maybe like once to show what it would be. And I know we never used mine. I might as well say it now. So uh, I'm not going to play it probably. But my um, uh, but my carry watch. Uh, was going to be, let's see here. We have it. My Carrie Watch was going to be, uh, was going to be the song Carrie, uh, by Europe, uh, with then like a bunch of dopey quotes of his. You know that song, Carrie? Carrie? Do you know that song? I don't think It's a power ballad uh, from Carrie the 80s. Lisa? No, no, different song. Oh. Uh, it's a power ballad from the 80s by, Euro- by Europe, uh, the Final Countdown band. Okay. They did this power ballad called, oh, now see, now I have to play it later, but, um, uh But I, uh so I never used it. I remember I was all proud of it, and then I remember Sarah sending me a text message. Do you remember the text message you sent me the night that George W. Bush was quote reelected? Here's the thing, about one a.m. because remember it took forever to count it, and they were doing that thing on CNN where they had like the big bars on the side of the building. Yeah, like,
6: I remember it's at, at a election party. Yeah. Um, at a, Hall of Fame. An election wake. Party. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly.
0: <laughs> at which everybody just drank a lot and then cried. So I remember Sarah sending me a text message at 1 a.m. that just said, "No no 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 no." <laughs> That's all it said. Um but uh God, that eh, was a depressing night. Yes. Yes. Uh anyway, so uh, so I just sadly I, I sadly put all my uh, put all my dreams away. Here's Tim Riley. An exchange student was
1: starved while being in Egypt. Jonathan McClellan while was while being
0: in a uh, being in Egypt, like an in idiot. Egypt. Okay, the country. Oh, I thought you meant an <laughs> no, e-g- in Egypt. Like, no, we'd be in an Egypt. In Egypt. Okay.
1: Uh, he was in perfect health at 155 pounds when he last uh, summer spent the school year as an exchange student in Egypt too. <laughs> So he returned home from Maine just four okay. months later. The five foot nine teenager weighed a mere 97 pounds and oh. was so weak that he struggled to carry his luggage or climb a flight of stairs. Oh. He was at risk for a heart attack. Oh. He said he was denied sufficient food while staying with the family. Uh, apparently, this was a family of Coptic Christians who fast more than 200 days a year.
7: <laughs> That's
0: not fasting. That's just not eating. Mm-hmm. There's a difference. That's like that that's like Simpsons when Bart has to go live with the French family.
1: He did not view the experience as a culture clash. Rather, he said, a reflected mean and stingy treatment by his host family, whose broken English made it difficult to communicate. Ah, oh, the weight loss did concern me. <laughs> <laughs> but I wanted to stick it out for the whole year. <laughs> wow. Family and uh, friends and teachers at his English-speaking school in Egypt urged him to change his host family, but he stayed put after being told the other home was in a dangerous neighborhood. After returning to the U.S., he was hospitalized for two weeks. The 17-year-old has regained nearly 20 pounds, but his parents say, that's not the same boy who left here. (laughs) He was outgoing, a straight-A student, very athletic. Now he's less spontaneous and more subdued. She was shocked when she saw him losing one-third of his weight. So so much more for uh, no more exchange students to Egypt from Maine. Worst
0: trip ever.
1: Jesus, that's awful. It is. (laughs) Oh, God. And they, they offer a link for the cultural exchange student... So more kids can apply. Does that mean the Egyptian kid go home really fat? Did the Egyptian kid go home
0: rolling him onto a plane like a Violet Beauregard? It says here, uh, be
1: different.
7: <laughs>
0: if by different you mean no longer alive. <laughs> Exchange does families good. <laughs> so does food, by the way. <laughs> be different. That's what it says. Well, honey, he is different. The
1: benefits of intercultural study. Safety and risk. Let's see what safety and risk says here. <laughs> Uh, let's see. A risk is a chance that something could go wrong. <laughs> really? Honestly, do you think? Uh-huh. Uh, let's see. Uh, risk management doesn't guarantee that difficulty can't uh, occur somewhere in the world, but it does uh, hit off uh, many who might otherwise interfere with it. On occasion, something does go wrong, and uh, the AFS is known for its uh, quality of its response. If somebody gets hurt, uh, they put the care of the student first. If somebody needs help, they'll, uh, oh, they'll send them home. But in this case, I guess it didn't work. <laughs> okay.
0: Jesus. That's like what... Well, that's like I told you about Lara's whole thing to do. we got to go to Nicaragua. No, we don't. No, we don't got to go to Nicaragua. You might have to go to Nicaragua. I do not. I'll be staying here, you know, where they feed people. I mean, aren't they? poor people eating out of hubcaps and things like that? <laughs> I Nicaragua. think so. I mean, I really honestly... And I've asked her this. You know, but here's the thing. This is why I love my wife, because we are... You know, that that dorky thing that we say about, well, you know, we're kind of alike, but not exactly. What is it that Bridget Fonda says? And someone who likes the same things that I like, but not exactly. Uh, well, that and that's kind of Laura and I. We mm-hmm. we like some of the same things, but we don't completely overlap in that, in that regard. Um, so, you know, I do like the fact that she's sort of adventurous and she wants to go out and sort of be the super her and whatever. What are you doing? Well, I'm taking three dollars and, you know, in a phrase book and I'm going to Panama. Well, okay. Uh, You know, but she just, but I'm just not that. I am not that way. I have, especially the goddamn Nicaragua. Seriously, Aaron laid, this was Aaron's assessment. Aaron laid out some of the, uh, some of the fun pastimes in Nicaragua. And it was, it was things like shooting at Whitey, kidnapping Whitey, mugging Whitey. Spiders the size of horses. (laughs) Waiting to crawl into your sleeping bag and eat you alive. (laughs) (laughs) That's the worst thing you've ever said. (laughs) Spiders the size of horses. <laughs> That's fantastic. Welcome to Robert A. Heinlein's Nicaragua. Um, all right, so uh, who wants to be depressed by the Kerry Watch? Oh, I do.
4: I'm John Kerry, and I'm reporting for duty. Oh, no. why? my name is what?
14: My name is why? My name is
4: John Kerry. What? <laughs>
8: my name is
4: john kerry
0: i guess this is maybe the opening i haven't Bring
4: pre- it on.
0: Ugh. all right there you go there's a- that's too bad yeah so there's the carry wash that we never that we never got to use ever 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 and you know he's never you know and the thing is it's not like i even need to keep it around do you know what i mean uh, he's not going sl- to like suddenly surprise us and come back and do something exciting. I'll never need to use that. So, uh, all right, here's Tim Riley at the Ministry of Truth. Uh, so you're not going to Nicaragua? Well, look, I, I, my wife doesn't give me ultimatums or ultimata, whatever it is. Uh, she doesn't do that. God bless her. And I don't. It's not like I'm trying to be a jerk. But I don't think there's anything jerky about saying, I don't want to go to Nicaragua.
6: No, there's nothing jerky about it. Like if she that's said, scary. go to London. If, if I said, really F going. you, I am
0: never going to London. Like, that's jerky. You know what I mean? Or if she says, come visit my family. I will admit, I complain about going to see her parents, but I go. Uh, I have never said, like, I will not go see your family. Uh, if she says, <laughs> let's go to Nicaragua. I don't think it makes me a bad i, I This is sort of unfair because she's out of, t- she's out of town right now. So she's not able to really give her side of this. But I don't really know what side of it there is. What is the, really honestly, what is the upside? And I don't, I'm, I mean this sincerely now. I'm asking this, this a real question. I'm asking this with full faith, as they say. What is there to recommend going to Nicaragua if you're not, and I don't mean if you're like in the Peace Corps, or if you're like, whatever, you, something, like you're writing a paper about something. Like for me, a spongy white man from southeast Portland. Why? Why do I need to go to Nicaragua?
1: Oh, uh, sample the original cuisine. Yeah, I think I think the regional... nail wrapped in banana peels. <laughs> <laughs> I... Broken glass of tacos. <laughs> I... The Probably... shiny ta- uh,
0: dance hall. So, I mean, isn't uh, it's not a dictatorship, I guess? But isn't Nicaragua? Wasn't that... a? Uh... Now I really am being an ugly American. Well, no though, but what, no was that what,
1: Daniel Ortega's place? Yeah, no matter what it tries to be, it's unsuccessful.
0: Yeah, <laughs> it's tried several things, it just hasn't worked out at all. It's like one of those, it's like one of those buildings, you know, on your street that's been like five different restaurants and two bars, and it just can't stay. It can't stay open for more than ninety days. Oh. Um, that's what I mean. I do believe that Daniel Ortega was running that whole place, and I think he was. Uh, was he not Weasley in some way? As weasley as you can get there. I mean, I'm, I what know... What is there to garner by
1: running Nicaragua?
0: <laughs> sort of like... Does he go to a speaking tour like, after that? Like looting a vacant lot?
1: <laughs> stealing... He's he speaking while knee-deep in a swamp.
0: Stealing... Stung by mosquitoes. <laughs> St- stealing an empty register, really. Uh, Jesus, so... There are other uh,
1: countries similar down there,
0: aren't there? Yeah, let's go to all of them. So, her claim is that I did not... See, here's the... the now I do sound like I'm just bitching, but here's the thing is, her claim is... Because she's like you, you never travel. And I said, hey, I said I went to Europe. I said I went to London. I went to Scotland. Uh, we stayed in Scotland. I ate uh, crap that was unfamiliar and weird. Uh, we went back to London. We did a whole bunch of stuff. We, you know, I saw a thing that was like a million years old. And I pointed at some, you know, another thing that was like carved out of something and you know, whatever. Went to London, and her claim is that that's not really traveling. Her claim is that I have gone to London and Scotland, but that those don't count somehow. Those are the best ones. Well, that was my claim. Her, her response is that going to London and Scotland does not constitute, quote, really going somewhere. Be, and I, I think the unspoken, she hasn't said this, but I think the unspoken implication is, because they more or less look and talk like me, it's not really traveling. I How think do that's you? the well, you, do. You, you need to squat by the side of the road in a latrine as a donkey cart goes by. And please don't get me wrong. <laughs> and that's a- And please let me be very clear about this. I love my wife, and I'm not trying to knock her. But I'm saying my wife is just much more into that kind of thing mm-hmm. than I am. And again, she she really she went to Panama. It's not like she didn't plan it as such. But I mean, she didn't. You know, she didn't do. She didn't hire a guide while she was there. She didn't make sure that she was, like, staying and stuff that catered to Americans. She literally had, like, a little phrase book and, like, a thing to keep her money in and, like, got on the plane and went. Like, she didn't plan it out. She's just like, I'm just going to go there. She, you know, she just... It, How does she
6: it, get so much time off with her job? Like
0: I think going she works places. for the government. Because she works for the man. Oh. Um, she Because she's basically, she's just like being a mail carrier. She works for the man, can't ever be fired, and they give her vacation, like, hand over fist. I mean, I really honestly, and I'm not saying that this is a good problem to have, but her, the biggest problem with her vacation is trying to figure out how to use it all every year, especially because I don't like to go anywhere because yeah. I don't like to take time off. So she literally has like seven weeks of vacation a year that she just can never use fast enough. So, I mean, I'm not, and again, I'm not trying to brag about it. Like she, you know, it's, that's all her. That's, that's not me. So she has, uh, the, the better job really in most ways, um, so anyway, but but she's really adventurous, you know. She uh, we went to see Henry Rollins uh last year when he was at the uh, where was he at? The Aladdin, and Rollins told this great story that I think she identified with a lot. He told this great story of going to Beirut because he had always heard that you know he'd heard Beirut used as like a like a, a, a metaphor for so many things. Oh, that place is like little Beirut, and he said you know he realized he didn't know what Beirut was, so he did this thing where he went to Beirut. And he and you know he's told a million stories like this, but he went to Beirut and he said he got out, he got into a cab and he told the cab driver he's like take me two miles that direction and just let me out because that was his thing he didn't want to have a tour guide or have anybody give him a sanitized version of it he's like just take me that way two miles and drop me off and he's like I'll find my way back to the hotel and uh, that's and Lars like that's totally me I love doing stuff like that and you know what not for me so. But her whole, but, so anyway, so that, that's her thing, though. So so now i got to talk her down off this Nicaraguan ledge. Or at least get her to go, like, without me. So, anyway.
7: Hmm.
0: Uh, and anyway, here's Tim Riley. Uh, Staten Island, New York, bar
1: may be having second thoughts about hosting a controversial midget bowling event. Midget bowling is an event in which little people in headgear and harnesses are rolled on skateboards down makeshift bowling alleys. Nobody bowls a midget! Big Nose Kate Saloon in Richmond Valley is ready to host a dwarf bowling event this weekend, but it seems the bar owners have been told about a New York State law that will lay a heavy fine on any bar that hosts dwarf bowling or dwarf tossing events. Wait, is this in America? Yeah, New York. No, it's not a Nicaragua thing. The uh, ban will be put in place, uh, oh, this was put in place two decades ago by then Governor Mario Como, and apparently it is illegal to throw dwarfs down bowling alleys. Why? Well, no, they might get hurt. Okay. Are there any further questions no, about the dwarfs? No,
0: I... No. No, it I... this interests you? No, no, it's just, I just have no... I guess I have no vested interest in dwarf tossing, like one way or the other. I uh... Well,
1: perhaps you'd like to file an application with Senator Larry Craig's office. He's looking for interns at his Capitol Hill location. Uh, let's see here. Uh, Craig says in a press release that the interns will have the chance to play an essential part in a working congressional office.
0: I guess there's certain things that are essential. Um, wait, doesn't it seem like there's a joke there somewhere, too? There's a pun that I'm missing right there. I'm missing puns all over the place today. Sort of like a, I'll give you a job, and in turn... See? And in turn... Dot, dot, dot. You give me... <laughs> well, okay. I... Well, all right. Whatever. All right, so... There's I don't understand a, where you're going with that. Intern. He's in an intern position. Oh. So, I'll give you a job, kid, and in turn... See, and then it's sort of like a double entendre because intern what? <laughs> You'll have sex with me. So, uh, <laughs> you know, I'm, that's, I didn't know if you got maybe the humor of it. So
6: maybe I didn't get the intern thing. Being like, too vague. Intern.
0: Maybe. The, you see, I think it only works when it's sort of acted out.
1: All right. See, here's something everybody's forgotten about The nation's terror level is at yellow or elevated. It's because we haven't heard about it in the longest time. According to the government, the higher the threat level, the greater the risk of a terrorist attack. Risk includes both the possibility of attack occurring and its potential gravity. So yellow is in the middle. Red's
0: the worst. No danger at all is green. So you're never—you know—it's never going to be green again. You know no. it'll be yellow until the end. But, but of But somebody time. released this to let us know that they're still doing what they're supposed to be doing. You know, have you seen the documentary, The War Room, about the '92 Clinton campaign? Oh, I should. Though it's really, really, really good. Uh, it is about the 1992 run of Bill Clinton and has James Carville and Paula Paul Gallen. Uh, they, they had unfettered access to the, to the Clinton's campaign team. Sort of, you know, uh, that war room where they just, you know, plotted all the campaign. Anyway, it's funny when you watch all of their campaign stuff because it was all about healthcare and the economy and schools and, like, you know, jobs. And Joni was watching it for the first time this weekend, and she was noting how odd it is that, you know, there was a time when everything was, you're going to die! The people the people who don't look like you will bomb things! It's odd that there was a time uh, when, you know, like, a, like a, especially at that point, like, the Republicans would run on something other than the we're all going to be blown into bits uh, platform. Well, unless the gays are going to ruin their marriages. (laughs) You'll you'll, you'll be bombed right after your children have been turned gay. Your children children will be turned gay and then blown up.
1: Uh. Fantastic. There's a big uh, feud going on in southern states. Tennessee and Georgia are fighting about Tennessee's proposal to withdraw the state border with Georgia. Apparently, they want to take a piece of Georgia. State Tennessee, our General Assembly,
3: does not believe there is an error in the boundary uh, between Tennessee and Georgia, that there was no survey error, that the boundary that is there, that has been there for almost 200 years, is the boundary that uh, should be recognized by all.
0: Boy, you're a dumb and pointless man. Now, the center of
1: all this wretched yarn
0: (laughs) is the fact that Tennessee (laughs) wants to seal some
1: of Georgia's water. Well, the resolution that was
12: passed doesn't deal with anything but the strict boundary. I think
3: from the feedback I've had from the state, this uh, is all about water and access
12: to the Tennessee River.
0: Here's the thing. Like when my wife wants me to go to Nicaragua, that's like when she said, "That's like saying let's go hang out in Tennessee for a couple weeks." That's what that that's what that makes me feel like. You know what I mean? It's just it's just places that it just seems like I'm gonna have a bad time and it's just gonna be filled with ick. As again, like you know, hey, what, what should we do? I don't know. Let's go. Let's go hang out in Selma, Alabama for a couple weeks. No, thank you, thank you. I'm not gonna do that. No, sir. All
1: right. News for the ladies. Surprise, surprise. Frequently, shirtless actor Matthew McConaughey has been named Hollywood's hottest chest.
0: Who? Matthew McConaughey. Oh, well, he's nominated for, like, every year he wins that crap.
1: Followed by David Beckham, Hugh Jackman, Jesse Metcalf, Andy Baldwin, David Charvette, James Clement, Brony Jenner, Zac Efron, and Mario Lopez.
0: Mario Lopez? Really? Yes. Okay. Fair enough. And this is for who? Who did this? Uh, Who did this? It doesn't say. Uh, All right. Whoever did this. Somebody did it. All right. Oh, well, Matthew McConaughey is like George Clooney, where he's just sort of like he's the go-to guy. Like if you
6: can't, oh, I don't find Matthew McConaughey attractive.
0: He's supposed to be this action hero with these perfect teeth. I mean, he has the whitest teeth of any actor I've ever seen. But well, you saw him in Sahara, right? Was that him? One of those terrible movies. Yeah, you said it was the worst movie you'd ever paid mm-hmm. to see. Mm-hmm. Um, no, and Matthew McConaughey seems like a go-to guy, and I, has yeah, I... those Lou Dobbs teeth. <laughs> he does, and I mean, I guess you know. I don't think he's not a bad-looking guy, I suppose, but I think you said he looked greasy. I think that was your thing, Sarah. No, he His looked, hair looked greasy.
6: And he's... I, just something about him, I'm just not attracted to him. His hair's... He looks like he doesn't bathe. I guess he really uh, smells. I was
0: just going to say, don't you know he's stoned all the time? Mm-hmm. You can just look at that guy... Don't you get the feeling that he and Woody Harrelson hang out a lot?
6: He looks like he wears a lot of running shorts without underwear underneath him. He's all like. <laughs> See, doesn't he look like it? Uh, I'm he sorry. Does. No, he you're looks totally... like stinky and sweaty and like everything's just swinging around.
0: <laughs> you're totally right. That's the thing. It's like, why, why do I just know in my heart that that's true? That's kind of weird, actually, how. Uh, like, I, I don't doubt it at all. Like, you said it, and my brain immediately accepts that and puts that in the slot marks correct. I have no doubt about that at all. Jesus. All right. Uh, let's do a, one more, and then we'll take a break. Mary-Kate and Ashley Olsen are working on a new coffee table book together. Hooray. Uh,
1: Penguin has announced that the 21-year-old twins are to write something called Influence, which will feature artists and fashion designers who have served as inspirations to them. Oh, uh, So, uh, yeah, they played uh, Michelle Tanner in the late 80s and early 90s sitcom The Full House. The siblings are also co-presidents of dual-star entertainment group Empire.
0: You know, don't you get the feeling that they are they have, I mean, this may seem like an obvious statement, but the, the Olsen twins have really just absolutely peaked. You know what I mean? Like, they're not going to have a comeback as business ladies. No. They're not going to have a comeback as actresses. They're not going to have a comeback, uh, comeback as celebitantes or whatever they're called. They, they've, they're done. And every year, for the rest of their lives, they will be a little less important than they were the year before. Though they, they, they are on the very slow but inexorable downward slide with that.
1: They're a female Mickey Rooney. They'll end up spending every day at the racetrack. Mickey
0: Rooney still alive?
1: Yes, I saw him on one of those award shows. Really? Yeah.
0: Was he like a billion years old? Yes. Yeah. But I told you that Jim Neighbors is still alive, right? Yes. Yeah, because because we're all Gaga for Gomer. You know what? A, I'm looking available at, for interviews. You know, prob You know what? He, the thing is, he probably is. Because here's, here's the thing. Because um, a. Well, what else is he doing? Hold on. Let's let's hold on to find out. See if we can talk to our friend Cheryl upstairs. What does she do? Uh, Cheryl. Uh, have you met Cheryl? She no. does. Uh, I don't know her actual job title. She's like a... but I think she does documents and. Oh, a document whatnot. She a here in Portland. Hi, uh, this is Rick Emerson. Is Cheryl
14: around? Um, actually, she is at her desk. Do you want me to her? That would be fantastic. Okay.
0: Well, she's working. She i well, she always must a, be new. I'm always afraid that I, uh, I'm always afraid that I get job titles wrong. but I.
6: Please don't give them no, an. No, she's she not the
0: sales assistant because that's a. I never, I never know how to refer. She's
6: to... like a sales rep.
0: I never. No, she's not a sales Assistants rep. Assistant to the president. We're just going to call her assistant to the president. That's going to be her new title.
14: <laughs> Hi,
0: this is Cheryl. Hi, Cheryl. It's Rick. How are you? Hi, Rick. I'm hey,
14: good.
0: What is your actual of uh, like what you? What is your official job title as it reads on your card? Sales assistant for so, moving. Okay, sales. Okay, see, I initially said that, and then I didn't know if that was right. Because they change those things sometimes, and then it's like trying to—it's like trying to get your key doesn't work. All <laughs> yeah, right,
14: uh, it changes a lot.
0: You were uh, now you lived on uh on Hawaii for some time.
14: Yeah, uh-huh. on Hawaii. Or, yeah, in Hawaii. Oh, you see yeah.
0: now you do that. It, you're like it's like talking to somebody from 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 Brooklyn who drops their R's. <laughs> I can hear that. I can hear the apostrophe in the way you pronounce it.
14: Yeah, you wait till the pigeon accent comes out.
0: Is that, do they, uh, now do you do that because that's the way you were taught to say it, or you do it just, uh, just to mock those of us who grew up here and not on, uh, like, on Hawaii?
14: No, because, uh, I'm, well, I'm Hawaiian, so I, that's the Hawaiian version. Do you know Hawaii. Tiny Bubbles? <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> See, that's exactly, that's... Well, that's what I think of Hawaii. <laughs> I know Tiny Bubbles, and I actually knew the dance that went with Tiny Bubbles. <laughs> oh, I
0: didn't know there was that's a dance. That's how pitiful.
14: How sad yeah. for you. Did you yeah. say dance? Wow. Yeah. Um, it's kinda of required you know these things when you grow up there.
0: Well let's talk let's talk about Jim Neighbors. Oh let's so you told me yesterday that Jim Neighbors is A alive, yeah. B lives there in Hawaii and, and yeah. C, they roll his whole bones out for like everything. Mm-hmm. So but please now to tell me. Uh,
14: have you ever seen him in person? I've seen him in person. He's actually, I mean, he's very sweet very nice guy, but, uh-huh. yeah, he's not dead. I think he had, like, a kidney or a liver transplant a few years back, and everybody thought he was dead, but, no, he's not
0: alive. No no he lived forever. Uh, yeah. So now, they, what, what they, kind they, of things do they bring him out for in Hawaii?
14: Um, every year at Christmas, they kind of drag him out for a big Jim Neighbors event, and they bring every kind of has-been, you know, former Hawaii, 5 old, now, here's a dumb see. question.
0: Did Did Gomer Pyle take place in Hawaii, Tim? No, it no. took place at uh, Fort Pendleton in California. So no. is
14: it so? it's not any
0: connection to Gomer Pyle. It's just because he lives there and celebrities are in Ken, short
14: Ken supply? Him and um, Carol Burnett.
0: Really? Oh, I didn't know that.
14: Yeah, she has a house somewhere on, I think, Maui.
1: Let me ask you this. Yeah, well, there's, maybe there's no marine base there. They had a bunch of ships that the Japanese bombed.
0: Oh, uh, yeah. So so maybe that's worked out badly in the past. Um <laughs> Let's not keep anything here anymore. This is uh, that's that's like keeping a roller skate on the steps where somebody can somebody's <laughs> gonna land on it. Um. So um, eh, well, you're maybe then the wrong person to ask about. Would you be interested in hearing an interview with Jim Neighbors?
14: Yeah, you're probably, probably not. not. No, probably, probably not so much.
0: What a huge jaw he's got! Huge jaw. Yeah. his chin is massive.
14: Yeah, he's got that nose too. That special nose. All right, and by I the way, just
0: it. so we can clarify this, yes. is he still dressed as Gomer Pyle? I wonder. Oh, that's one so sad. Oh, a do they do they put, do they, One if you like were to look in his mirror or look in his window late at night if you just see him walking he around the Yeah, those the old kitchen? guys just
14: sho- shuffling around in the middle of the night.
0: Saluting no one in his kitchen?
14: Uh-huh. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> Saluting the cat. Um, would you, uh, uh, what was I going to say? Oh, do you stand by your claim that there are no basements in Hawaii?
14: I swear there are no one. Right. If, if you If you, find find a picture, get, you new listener, uh, was that a new listener bit they can send in a picture of an actual basement in Hawaii because you claim that they're not there okay we'll, I swear we'll they're not, not no I believe they, they cave in or something and the water levels or sea levels and I bet whatever. your neighbors has
0: one Jim, has Jim neighbors. has like a like one of those heliogesic domes or Maybe whatever. Maybe like he those are.
14: army bunker kind of things.
0: Jim uh, neighbors well, panic room. No, <laughs> <laughs> all right, thank you, Cheryl.
14: You're welcome. All right, there I go. That's uh, Cheryl from upstairs. Fantastic.
0: No, and she's she needs great. Tiny bubbles. Uh, no, but but she just. Yeah, I said that to her yesterday. I said, Hey, are you are you sick of Don Ho- Don Ho? And she just kind of went. It was like oh, a well, clenching of the. Yeah, no, but that she said that now that he's dead though, it's all Jim neighbors in Hawaii. So That's they probably the, couldn't bury him then because you can't build basements there and you can't. <laughs> Just kicked him out to sea. Um, all right, uh, we'll take a break here. We'll come back. Mr. Skin from MrSkin.com around the corner, and a great top five. Do a great top five coming up. Uh, what else? A science and technology question, and some other stuff. Stay there. It's the Rick Emerson Show. Don't go anywhere. <laughs> Rick, a nice compromise for you and Lara might be for you to go to Guatemala. See, that doesn't sound appealing either. Maybe I just don't understand something about Guatemala. More people get killed there than Nicaragua. <laughs> so basically, you don't
6: want to go any place that ends in an A. Ah.
0: Yes, exactly. Any
1: place that has bananas. No, once that's, people that's start true. protesting Once people start protesting, think bananas. You know you got problems on your hands because <laughs> the banana people who own those trees don't like it. Okay. People die for those bananas. And I, are you,
0: Will you die for your banana?
8: <laughs> I will. <laughs> but they will never take our bananas! Uh,
0: so here's the thing about Gomer Pyle. A, I think we can get him on the show because it is a CBS product. Oh, that is true. B, because as Watch Magazine from CBS told us right now, they are just unrolling, uh, rolling out these DVDs. So they are rolling out the first two seasons of Gomer Pyle on DVD. Right now, CBS is doing it. And everybody else from the show is dead. And I think Jim Jim Neighbors is the... Uh, I just don't know if I want to interview him or not. I really don't. I mean, he If is,
6: you're having this much hesitation, I'd probably say no.
0: I don't know, but I mean, do people... Tim, would the, the, the common man want to hear an interview with Jim Neighbors? He's a TV icon, right? There's no getting around that. True. To a people of a certain age. <laughs> I mean, there there are people who are, who are icons that I just don't care about. Mm-hmm. Uh... Here's an example. You know you know a person who's an icon that I probably wouldn't uh, get all that interested in? Well, no, no. I was going to say Larry Hagman, but I didn't view Larry Hagman. I'd find Larry Hagman interesting. Maybe. I'm trying to think of somebody who is a TV icon in whom I would really have no interest in an interview. Uh, you know, from from, you know, from sort of the past. Right, Jim Neighbors is a hero to, like, you know, the bad prostate set. <laughs> I'm not sure about the rest of the audience. Yeah. I think it may be oh, stating things to say he's a hero. To that set. No, no, no. You know, it keeps me going every day is Jim Neighbors. Uh, all right. Uh, I don't know what these calls are about. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Who this?
11: Hey, Rick. Hi. Hi, how are you? It's uh, it's uh, Paul calling from uh, southwest Portland.
0: How are things in southwest Portland, Paul?
11: Well, they're beautiful today. Hey, I, I live part-time in uh, Key outside of Waikiki. Uh-huh. And I actually live have a, a basement apartment that I rent over there for $850 a month. There is a basement. There are basement houses uh, in the old part of uh, Kaimuki.
0: So you were calling shenanigans on Cheryl's claim that there are no basements in
11: Hawaii. Well, I was just driving down the street and just turned on your program and and uh, didn't hear the, the last few calls. But when I heard there were no basements there, I'm going, yes, there are. Uh-huh. I have a place there.
0: It does, There only seem to be two schools of thought here. Uh th-
6: but there is and there isn't.
0: <laughs> I guess what? Well, <laughs> well, I, I have a place there. <laughs> I suppose that is. If five hundred. I guess if you wanted to oversimplify. I guess what I'm saying is, like, there was no, like, no one is, like, no one is willing to concede, like, well, maybe I'm wrong, but everybody, like, like, sure, just like, no, there are no basements. And uh, and everybody else was like, and all the emails were like, "Hey, ass! There are tons of basements." So everybody is sort of staking an unusually strident uh, position
11: on this. Well, I have a place there, so I, it's valid.
0: All right. Hey, uh, do you get chicks by telling me you have a place in Hawaii, even if they never get to see it?
11: Well, I'm married, but uh, now, theoretically speaking, uh, I don't, I don't, I don't pursue chicks anymore because I'm not part of your demographics. But you know what, about Jim Neighbors? Yes. Um, what about him? I don't think he would probably go on your program. Why is that, sir? because um, he's kind of a, a cultural snob over here, over in Hawaii.
0: I don't know. If, what do you mean?
11: Well, I don't think you have a lot of culture sometimes.
0: <laughs> I guess, oh. What do you mean he's a cultural snob in Hawaii? What
11: does well, that mean? Well, he does a lot of, he, lo- he does a lot of, uh, Philip, uh, what's the word I'm thinking of? He's
6: saying that he's too good for us.
11: You're I, saying that Jim I, Neighbors no, no, believes no. himself on, to be
0: too good for the show.
11: Well, he just, he's a busy man over there.
0: No, he's not.
11: He lives in Kahala. You know where the Kahala is? No. Well, it's kind of like uh, what would Lake like Ego here.
0: Okay, but see, he's got stuff to pimp, though. Pardon? I mean, he you know he has things to pimp. He has this DVD set. <laughs> Sheesh, whatever. All right, thank you. I have no idea where that call was going. All right, that's uh, that guy, Paul. Uh, hi, you're on the Rick Emerson show. Once like, again, yeah, Jim Neighbors is way too good for us. Hi. <laughs>
4: hi, Rick. Um, if
3: they, in, there are no beach houses in Hawaii that have basements there are houses up on the hills and stuff like that and that's fine but okay. once you get lower
0: so you're saying once uh, you get towards sea level
3: yeah once you get once you get lower you can't uh my my wife's uh grandfather's an architect um and on the honolulu and they have a basement um and they live up on the hill he said but once you get down below um yeah they you would have all kinds of problems all with, right so uh, maybe the that's the thing table, so, so
0: so just certain certain places
3: yeah it's kind of a, a
0: Certain places, and Excellent. there's your answer. Thank you. Yeah, right. here's the thing I wonder about. Do you ever wonder if those islands are just in danger of being washed away? You know what I mean? Like it, it seems like the, the 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 tide is constantly taking the sand out. Well, no, they're in there pretty deep. The there's islands, no islands, yeah, they go down deep. They're I not guess. just floating on top of the water. Did I ever show you the picture of the uh, the place? My I got to bring it in. I I'm not going to be a guy like subjecting you to vacation photos, but I do have I have two photos uh, of the of the many hundreds you took. I have two uh, photos that I'm going to bring in for you guys to check out. Is one um, Bikini Island? No, it's not Bikini Island. Is Bikini Island even there, or did we actually just completely obliterate it? No, it's still there. We obliterate it, but it's still there. You can just see it at night now. I guess so. Uh, so there's one, and it's like... it's. I said my wife went to this place. It, it, it's like one of those screensaver islands where it's like the big bendy palm tree and like the blue, and it's just very it's very great. But then she stayed on this, this uh, these, these islands uh, when she went on vacation, and she took a picture of the islands from the little boat as they are approaching it, and literally... The entire, it it is, it's insane. I mean, it is Gilligan's Island. The island is about 100 yards long and about 50 yards wide. And there are like four grass huts in the middle of it and a bunch of hammocks. And that's the entire island. I mean, that's it. It's crazy. I mean, it's... Yeah, I, I mean, I just—I guess you don't really think that things like that exist outside of the imagination of Sherwood Schwartz. No, I used to go on vacation one, but it was a freshwater island. Yeah, and I, this was—this is—I uh, mean, this was not that. This was, um, but uh, it's pretty amazing actually. But I did wonder, like, wouldn't one good wave just sort of wash that entire thing away? I suppose it's possible. Yeah, that's—that's uh, that's the only thing that would unnerve me about that. Richie, are we talking to Mister Skin today, or are we—are we, we scotting him again this week?
6: There goes the warm line.
0: Yeah. Higher on the Rick Richie's like a computer that goes into sleep mode sometimes. You have to jiggle the mouse a little bit. Man, but
6: God, he is so on top of things, though. I was so upset with my computer that it wasn't working today. With... I don't even ask him. All of a sudden, he's over here and he's just setting it up, has the full thing.
0: He's on top of everything except this. Really, Mr. Skin is the exception that proves the rule. It is. This is the one thing he always forgets. Uh, so we will talk to Mr. Skin in a moment. Then more news with Tim Riley. Uh, great top five coming up. Uh, Higher on the Rick Emerson show. Hello.
3: Hey, Rick. Hello, you. Jerry down in Salem. How's everybody?
0: Jerry, you, wow. you are you are guy voice uh, the second. You're the second type of guy voice. Oh, cool. All right. So, what's hey, up? Jim yeah. Neighbors.
3: just this past Sunday's newspaper, uh, we get the statesman down here, there was a like a two-page article about him in like Parade or American uh, Profile. Oh, it, it was the,
0: Parade. Undoubtedly, yeah. It was undoubtedly yeah. Parade, yeah.
3: Yeah. He comes to the states like once a year. He flies to Indianapolis and then... In Right before the Indianapolis 500, he sings Back Home in Indiana. Doesn't even say for the race, and then he flies home.
0: When he sings Back Home in Indiana? Yes. Is that a song? For,
3: yes. And he's done it for like. I've done laugh at me ever. i
0: don't know anything about anything
6: you're so funny yeah. though because like he sings it is it a song it's like yes. a definition of
0: i'm not
3: yes it's like Bugga, yeah. in Indiana. it's pointing... a great big deal to you pointing yeah. out
0: all of my verbal gaffes today sorry i'm you, sorry you know <laughs> just like when i said there are two schools of thought in the basement question Um no no i uh the uh i guess what i'm saying is that i've never heard of that song so because yeah, i don't know yeah, I'm, I'm not a race fan
3: yeah and he's yeah, it's been a big, like it's a big tradition.
0: Oh, we gotta find it now. We gotta find. They've done,
3: uh, it, done of, it for years. Yeah, footage yeah, of Jim Neighbors
0: uh, singing that song. Well, you All know, right. now it's the ultimate goal to get and him it's, on it's the show. It's the, you know, totally. it's the deep,
3: it's the deep Gomer voice. You know, he uses
0: the deep Gomer it's voice. It's fantastic. That yeah, yeah. guy's got yeah. a real deep Gomer voice. All right, thank yeah, you. Yeah, the real
3: deep Gomer. Hey, and one other thing. Uh, yes. If me and her a month or so ago, the fellow that played uh, uh, Sam the Butcher.
0: Yeah, bring it out. He's with the like yeah. in
3: Gomer Pyle, like the whole. The whole time. He's like Sergeant Charlie Hacker. He's like the mess hall cook or something. I mean right. he was on that thing for like years.
0: So the guy that played Sam the Butcher was also on Gomer Pyle. Yeah. Alright, excellent. Thank you, my friend.
8: Bye.
11: Is this him? This famous T V acting star is loved by countless
4: millions as Gomer Pyle. But now, he's also loved as America's romantic recording star. Oh.
10: That's the worst look Jim he's News ever had. Has
1: already won
11: four gold record awards. Oh, no, we proudly offer the most beautiful recordings ever made. Okay, by we'll get back to
0: that here in a second. We have to talk more about that. Let's welcome out of the Rick Emerson show. He's loved by millions. Jesus. Okay, I got lots to say about that. Let's welcome out of the Rick Emerson from. From the Gomer to the... Uh, Jesus, what a weird-looking guy he is anyway. And that's just the weirdest look ever. Let's welcome down to the Rick Emerson Show. Sorry you had to hear Gomer Pyle singing there. I'm good for Mr. Skin. Hello, sir.
13: Hey, no problem. I'm a big fan of Gomer. <laughs> of course. Who isn't?
0: Uh, all right. Uh, so you got a big thing going on this week.
13: Yeah, it's uh, my ninth annual Anatomy Awards. I always start uh, the week after the Academy Awards. And I look at the best in movie nudes from 2007. And... Uh, If anyone wants to check it out at MrSkin.com, the whole list is there, about 25 different categories, but I thought I'd give you a few teaser categories, uh, some things I definitely want you to look at. Uh, An example is we did a best underwear scene, and the winner was Jessica Biel in, I now pronounce you, Chuck and Larry, the Adam Sandler film. It was probably the only reason to see the Adam Sandler film was to see her in her bra and panties. She looked outstanding. Um, another category is best breasts. Out of all the actresses I saw, whose uh, top shelf was top shelf? And uh, the answer is Keely Hazel in a movie called Cashback. She's a Page 3 U.K. pin-up model with 32E natural breasts. And everyone who's seen this is... Uh, pretty much agreed that uh, they've never seen even better breasts in any era.
0: I'm writing than, this down. Yeah,
13: Keely Hazel, write that one Cash down.
0: Cash back. Is that one word or two, sir? Cash
13: back, all one word. Last year's winner was Selma Hayek. This year, keeley Hazel. Oh, as good as Selma it. looks,
7: Excellent.
0: this
13: is the best you've seen. But I, I'd be remiss if I didn't mention the best nude scene of the year, of all the nudity I saw in 2007. Who had the best nude scene in the winter? for the anatomy awards is marissa tomei in before the devil knows you're dead i just saw that what you think wow uh,
0: <laughs> and that's sort of the good news bad news because marissa tomei is just tomei is just who i love is just nude uh and nude and getting it on all over the place yeah. but then of course it's like a big lumpy whale-like philip seymour Hoffman.
13: yeah you throw up philip seymour and i actually love <laughs> the scene where she's in the uh, kitchen talking to Ethan Hawke. She's like standing in the kitchen and that scene goes on for yeah. quite a while and, and she looks good. And people don't realize she's 43 years she looks old. Oh,
9: very
0: good.
13: Yeah, and still looking this great. But, uh, yeah, and there's plenty of fun, uh, category awards. But anyone could go there and check them out. It's it's up at Mr.
0: As always, my friend, you are doing the Lord's work. <laughs> and now I'm going to go home and Google cash back. Alright, thank you, my okay, friend. Okay, take we'll care. Talk to you soon. There you go. Mr. Skin, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, I saw that before. The devil knows you're dead. Just go to, wow. So you open it, and you're like, "Hey, look at Marissa Tomei! Hey, she's naked! Hey, she's getting it on! Oh God, it's Philip Seymour Hoffman! <laughs> it's just like..." A... There's
6: something strangely attractive about
0: Philip Seymour Hoffman. He's got a charisma. There's he no getting around. he a charisma. No, guy He's you know, he's a, he's not a not an ugly man. He's kind of you know, kind of portly, but he's got a charisma. He seems funny, but it's like he vanishes so completely into character. But in this movie, he in this movie he is not playing an attractive man. Let's put it that way. So there you go. Oh.
4: But now he's also <laughs> right. as a he's no gym neighbor <laughs>
11: Right, Sarah, check out. Jim Neighbors Come check out has Jim won Neighbors. four gold record awards. And now we
9: proudly offer the most beautiful recordings ever made by Jim Neighbors. <laughs> that really is saying something. Yes, here is all the heart touching magic of Jim He's Neighbors sitting on the couch, singing.
6: He's not an attractive
13: man Next to a potted
7: plant.
4: And this goes on forever. Jim comes in eight track too.
0: Really, does it? Yeah, I think this is part of the offer. Really
5: the
11: heart touching magic of Jim Mason. Oh, this giant record treasury is only seven ninety-eight. Complete tape collection is only nine ninety-eight. Not sold in any store. Order yours now. Call toll free 1 800 241 8444. 1 800 241
1: 8444. 1 800. Two four one eight four four four. S for the eight track.
0: Yeah, I'm stunned.
1: Your
4: uh, call cannot. Yeah, okay, that's too bad.
1: Um, well, it's because they got so many calls. Still, they
0: had to disconnect. You know what's weird is that. Um, <laughs> what's really weird is that. It says, this giant record, it doesn't tell you... Don't they always say, like, six six cassettes or six LPs? They don't tell you how many LPs it is. It can't be just one. They were scrolling, like, 50 different songs there. I know, that is I true. I wonder how many records it takes to well, really you know, give you the best of Jim Neighbors. The k
1: Records, they used to jam, like, 25 songs on each side of an album. You know how
0: they did You know how they did Would you like to know? Yes, yes, Here's yes. Here's the yes, thing. Please. Here's how they did that. Uh, because I had the same... You were totally right about that. That you know, those KTEL records, you right, they would have like forty songs on them and you're like, How did they do this? You could did you buy KTEL records? Yes. Uh do you remember the titles of any of them? No, not Because I do. I have a whole bunch of K Records at home still. I have uh KTEL's Pure Power. Uh, and Pure Power was a whole lot of like Boston and uh Ario Speedwagon. I had KTEL's Rock Eighty. And Rock Eighty had uh Rock Eighty had uh Rock and Roll High School by the Ramones of all things. Uh it had Jesus, one of them had Paradise by the Dashboard Light, I think, or Or two out of three ain't bad. Um, Hot Legs by Rod Stewart. One of my K-Tel Records had Alice Cooper. You know, I will say this. Can I tell you this? Al- uh, K-Tel Records is how I discovered Alice Cooper. Uh, I bought a because K- there were no, I've told the story, but there were you know, no used record stores in my hometown. There was no Rock Station. There was Sam Goody, and that was about it. I went to Goodwill, and at Goodwill, I found a K-Tel record that had both Kiss and Alice Cooper on it. And Because uh, they were ballads, of course. It was I Never Cry by Alice Cooper and Hard Luck Woman by Kiss. And I'm like, oh, K-Tel record. And it was like a quarter. And I took it home and I put it on. And even for ballads, they were pretty cool. And so it is because of a K-Tel record that I discovered Alice Cooper, who I, I grew to love. And, of course, I'm a huge Kiss fan. Um, but here's the here's the way they did it. Um, to make uh a record, how do I put this? Th- the higher the fidelity or the better you want a song to sound, the thicker the grooves are the wider the grooves are, and the thicker the vinyl has to be. Um, But on K-Tel Records, of course, they don't care about quality at all. It's just about jamming the maximum number of songs on there. So the grooves are really tiny and thin. So if you were to, say, like, take a... If you were to look at, like, Hot Legs by Rod Stewart on, like, a regular LP, and then on a K-Tel LP, on a K-Tel LP, it's going to be a lot thinner, the the selection of the vinyl that is that song, because the grooves are really narrow, because they're just doing, like, the bare minimum. I mean, it's basically like having an MP3 that's at, like encoded at 96K or something. It's the bare minimum fidelity. So that's how they do that. You know who else used to make records? Not just k Ronco. Oh, it, yeah. yeah. I had some Ronco records. I had a Ronco record that had... Check this out. I had a Ronco record that had both Convoy and Sweet Home Alabama. I, and the Osmonds. I have no idea what... It must have just been like whatever he could find laying around the studio. What do we
4: got? Uh,
0: Convoy. Great. Osmonds. Go. Skinner. Go. Jesus. All right. Here's that uh, cover pile from episode one of season
7: one. Hey,
4: Clark. All right, come in. You see what I mean? Mm-hmm. Pile, you were told your first day here on internet duty, huh? Oh, I'm sorry, huh? Get out and do it right. <laughs> Sir, I had a request permission mission
10: enter the duty, huh? Did you hear something? Yeah, Sound like mice. Pyle!
1: Oh, I think that's him, the butcher. Jesus.
10: Oh, yeah, that is him. That's totally him. Hit the wolves? The door! The door! <laughs> Sir! Private fire request
1: permission There's the deity hat! I can't hear it. Tim, the butcher is sitting next to the sergeant's Sir! Private fire request permission
10: There's the deity hat! Get in here.
8: Yeah, let's see. Kobe.
0: yeah let's never let's never have him on the show he's loved by millions yeah <laughs> maybe less now he's loved by dozens maybe at this point uh god all right uh by that, the way that yeah, was fun listening to casey of portland i'm uh okay so no on the gomer well no on the gomer gomer is no that sounds like sounds like military code like when they're asking if you can launch the first strike. Foxtrot is negative. Well Palmer maybe we can pick no. another
1: CBS show from the sixties. How about Petticoat Junction? Are they available? Petticoat
0: Junction? Uh I don't know. Let's see, here we go. Jim Neighbors. Okay. Let's see here. Um How about Green Acres? Has that been released on the Did UK? you know that he got hepatitis and had to have a liver transplant? Jim Neighbors? Yeah. Do you know how it happened? I don't know. He was attempting to shave with a straight razor in India, and apparently cut himself badly with an unclean Indian razor, and blah 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 hepatitis liver.
7: Hmm. All
0: right, I'd investigate that. Um, so uh, yeah, let's see here. I'm uh, well okay.
1: So uh, no more go pile.
0: No, I uh, did. You- did you know the comedian Minnie Pearl looked on neighbors as a surrogate son, and he often. Wow. Um, so Minnie Pearl looked on Jim as a surrogate son, and he often vacationed with her and her husband. How weird is that? Oh, Jim Neighbors has a MySpace page. Oh, that, but that, okay. now is that one of those things where it's him, or is that somebody running one like for him, like that Rudolph Valentino uh, at one?
1: Hmm. Well, it comes to us from somebody who works here named Cheryl Kanapu.
0: That's, uh, no, that is, the, that is Cheryl the Hawaiian. Uh, oh, Cheryl the Hawaiian. Girl. Let's not refer to her Cheryl the Hawaiian. But I mean, the Cheryl from Hawaii <laughs> no, with, with whom we just spoke. Uh, let's see here. He was in the Music Man. He played Harold Hill in the Music Man. I didn't know that. I'm still. We're still not gonna. Uh, we're still not gonna have him on the show. Neighbors has recorded 28 albums and has five gold and or platinum records. That's why he's loved by millions. Let's see. Would you like to know the name of some uh, of some of Jim Neighbors' albums? Yes. yes. He, of course, had an album called Shazam. Jim, of course. Jim Neighbors Sings, by request. Pop Goes the Weasel. <laughs> the, things, the Things I Love. The Jim <laughs> Neighbors Christmas Album, which went gold. Kiss Me Goodbye. Jim Neighbors Sings the Lord's Prayer. I think my parents had that. Really? I think you got it if you bought some uh, Goodyear Snow tires, Or if you subscribed to Reader's Digest. Galveston the Jim Neighbors Hour everything is beautiful somewhere my love how great they're out uh, help me make it through the night old time religion the heart touching magic of Jim Neighbors that's the one you were just talking about uh, the best of Jim Neighbors precious memories christmas with jim neighbors uh, magic Moods, magic moods i want the that one magic mood of jim neighbors sincerely the countryside of jim neighbors the golden voice of jim neighbors a lot of uh there's a lot of religious recordings that he made but mm-hmm. well, I bet he had a big following in the South since he was from Maybury. Yeah. allegedly. Is that accent, I mean, obviously that's not his real accent. No. But, I mean, is, it's a dumb question. I can't believe we're talking this much about Gomer Pyle. Is that... Well, there's a renewed interest. He's, <laughs> you'll love his new spark. There's nothing in which I can't work that phrase. Um, he has yeah, an official website. Where is Gomer Pyle supposedly from? Maybury. Mayberry. Oh, that's right. He worked, at, he worked right. at the filling station. That's right. He was actually born in Alabama. Okay, to friend and Mavis' neighbor. And is Mayberry in a state? Do it's they... supposed to be North Carolina, but it's not an actual place. Okay, so my question is, is I cannot believe I am expecting realism from Gomer Pyle USMC. He operates a
1: macadamia nut plantation.
0: <laughs> Jim Neighbors runs a plantation. Mm-hmm. I love the idea of Jim Neighbors. Plantation boss. He's 77 years old. He runs a macadamia nut plantation. That's hilarious. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, uh, but my question is, is Gomer Pyle's accent, does that bear any relation, do you suppose, to the actual North Carolina accent? In other words... I, I suppose so, yes. But you're just guessing, because we don't know. We've never, God, God bless it, we've never been to North Carolina. I've been to North Carolina. Oh, you have, really? Yeah. Why? I visited a friend there, and I went to Nashville. Or did your parents send you away Would you angered your parents somehow? You have to spend the summer in North Carolina now. No, I went to visit a, a, a former coworker there. Right. And uh, so and she worked in television down there. So now did, you, were, did anybody there talk like Gomer Pyle? They had thick accents. Mm, all right. And thicker skulls, Tim. All right. And uh, women didn't sit
1: down. Somebody needed something else.
0: (laughs) You'll look at the floor, woman, until I tell you otherwise.
1: Basically. (laughs) Some of them had time to have children, I guess, after all the guests
0: left. Well, woman, bring me some meringue, and then we'll get on with the
7: impregnating.
0: Barbecue down there. (laughs) No, it's true. (laughs) What a weird world we live in, really, honestly. Um, Anywho. Oh, by the way. Uh I'm not to spo- I guess I shouldn't give his name. So it's a nice comp this the guy who suggested that uh the nice compromise is Lauren, I go to Guatemala huh. signed some FM DJ who digs your show. So uh why don't you visit Jim Neighbor's nut plantation? Can I see Jim Neighbor's uh can I, can I see Jim Neighbor's nuts while I'm there? <laughs> Oh. I'm sorry, <laughs> and Sarah Sarahs coming like three seconds before I say it. <laughs> Does he sell them under under that name though Jim neighbor's
10: nuts have <laughs> uh, <laughs> <covers> such <its> children. <laughs>
0: Uh, <laughs> well, they really gotta put us in a CBS magazine. At the, end of
10: the game, as always, brought to you by Rumsey Environmental, a one-stop
0: shop. So it is similar. It's not. It's a little exaggerated, but it's
10: joining us via the telephone from the Big Island of Hawaii, Jim Neighbors, Mr. Neighbors. How are you this evening? I'm fine, son. How are you doing? I well, tell you sure. what, it's a pleasure to talk to you. This is an interview that we've been looking forward to uh, to having for. a That's a it. We can never months do this. <laughs> yeah, we can
0: never party have Jim Neighbors on.
10: Well, thank you very much. My you, pleasure too. You have a lot of fans in this area, and uh, as I was mentioning before, I brought you on the air. Uh, Gomer uh. Pyle, United States Marine Corps, is a nightly show here in Tuscaloosa. It's aired on one of the <laughs> university <laughs> stations. That's the, the phrase uh, of the day. Broadcast throughout the state of Alabama. <laughs> Still getting a forty and, uh, share. I guess that just shows you. This is a brand-new interview. <laughs> of course in the it is. state of Alabama. <laughs> oh, thank you. I'm amazed at <laughs> I wish was I was wrong. dead. Well, you know, that's actually a question of mine. When we get on down into the interview, I've got some questions. Um, we can let this guy do the interview, interview for us. <laughs> First off, let me, let me ask you about yourself. Well, what are you doing these days?
3: Well, I'm retired, and uh, I, have a, I have a farm over on Maui, and then uh, I do a lot of uh, public service things here in town. And, uh, you know, I keep busy all the time. I have a pretty full
10: schedule, actually. Now, Boy, this is goes, a little glimpse
0: into, into what we've avoided.
10: Around the, the island of Hawaii and, and Maui, does people recognize you like they oh, do? Sure does yeah. people recognize <laughs> you, Jim? Do, well, I've been does around they? a long time. <laughs> well, let's, let's start about, talking about the interview a little bit. And, and growing up in Silicauga, Oh okay, um, okay, no. We have to be done. We have to be done. No, we don't have to interview
7: them.
1: <laughs> How long is that? It's, uh, well, that was only a minute and 39. It looks like it's about a half an hour long. Okay,
0: no. <laughs> maybe, maybe we could put this on instead of the Best Up show tomorrow. That's a great idea. That should be our recap tomorrow. This, some guy interviews Jim Neighbors about growing, about growing up in Silicaga. <laughs> Boy, those guys really, those guys, it's like getting to pick last for a softball team. When they were handing out, like, city names, those guys, I think, overslept or something. When they got there, all that was left was words that, were like, and Luca. Oh, darn it. You can't enter his <sighs> fan club unless you sign up. Yeah, I'm there. All right. Anyway, so thank you, FM DJ, who listens to our show. All right, uh, <laughs> that was fun, wasn't it? He's uh, this person. He's uh, one of the people of that building who escaped uh, escaped the scythe a couple weeks ago. So, all right, uh, let's uh, take a break here, shall we? Jesus, why why would we possibly have like a full bank of calls here? What are they think Jim Neighbors is here. They're all about Jim Neighbors. I'm calling I'm to talk to Mr. Neighbors. Jesus. More news from Jim. More news Riley coming up. And a great top five. standard. there. the Rick Emerson Show. Radio Program. Thank you for coming along. 503-733-2970. Uh, so tomorrow, I didn't forget today, tomorrow we'll bring in the fat scale uh, for uh, for Bobby, for Fat Boy from KUFO. Let's see what else is coming up. Uh, like is a three, Donna Mike at seven. A little bit here, we'll do a, uh, do a great top five. Oh, I know what we were going to do.
6: I'm so excited for this top
0: five to keep saying how great it is. Well, I don't want to oversell it. I'm just saying it's a great idea for a top five. And I know that you're gonna love at least of a couple of. Uh, well, let me well, let me double check. Mm-hmm. It's a great idea for a top five, and I know you will love at least a couple of the songs on here. Cool. And it's just it just it just made me smile. So uh, anyway, so we'll do that. Um, so let me get a couple of these calls. Oh, and then, you know what we'll do here? We'll answer one of our science questions. But let me get uh, let me get this first, so we have a couple of freelance. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show.
7: Hello. Hello.
2: Hello, Hello. it's you. Yes, um, I was calling in regard to the question about basements in Hawaii, mm-hmm. <laughs> and there indeed are no basements, to the best of my knowledge. I was a resident of Hawaii.
0: Okay, now see, you see what I'm saying, Tara? I that feel no there are two ni-
2: definitive
6: sides. Some people think there are basements, and some people think
0: there are. Nobody is igno- in other words, everybody is very certain. Is my point? Uh, no one has a gray area on this. So the last guy was saying that there were basements if you got into the center of the island, but as you approached uh, the coastline,
2: there were no basements. Well, and, you know, there could be some discrepancy from island to island. Of course, there's a chain of islands. I mean, depending on the context and the year built, I mean, there's many factors to take in consideration, but, you know, the most newly... Um, built homes are are tend to be on stilts. Actually, they're quite high.
0: You know that'll make them safe from the zombies too. Once the uh, apocalypse happens.
2: Well, unless they grow and bump their head. But
0: okay, you know, uh, how many islands are there? Seven. Can you name them?
2: Kauai, Molokai, Lanai. Uh, gosh, um, Oahu, um, Ni'ihau. Oh gosh, the Big Island. One more. Uh, Maui.
0: Ah, very good. Oh, uh, that's uh, that's very impressive, actually. Well done. Thank you. All right, thank you. You're
2: very welcome. Bye.
0: There you go. She sounded very sweet. Mm-hmm, she charming.
14: did. Very pleasant voice.
0: All right. Uh, by the way, so we'll get a couple of these other calls, uh, but we now that there's a few lines open, we will. Uh, it's 503-733-2970. Uh We now have a question, and uh, the question is: uh, Sarah wears these uh, sunglasses, uh, blue blockers or whatever, um, which sounds really unbelievably sexual. Now that I say it, it sounds like a conf- blue blockers sounds like a conflation. Of uh, two other slang terms, <laughs> one of them re- re-
6: that is so funny.
0: One, yeah, well, a blue blocker is sort of uh, like one of the terms is a slang term, perhaps perhaps a sexually frustrated condition, and the like other, for
6: example, a part of a toilet. If you take like um, the other day, like, I was trying to flush my toilet and then I realized that the ballcock was like popped out again, so I, I had wasn't... to like, fix
0: the ballcock. Well, uh, sort of like that. Yeah. Wait, do you know the terms I'm talking about? The opposite. Blue blockers. Yeah. Yeah. Well, no, there's that. There's that and the then, mm, block. And then, do you know the other term? Well, you're a woman, so you might not be as familiar. Fine. No, then I'll dump it.
6: But that's what I'm saying. That's why it was so genius. Is because of like ca- One of each word. But that
0: H? is the uh, but that is the name of the toilet. thing. That pit. is
6: the name of the toilet. thing. It that is broke the, in my the, the other What day. does
0: the ball crack in the toilet even do?
6: It's like a little sucky thing. <laughs>
0: um, or is the is it the thing the that plugs plug the, plug the hole or is it the handle that lifts up the whole plugging thing?
6: I think it might be the handle. It's like the coccyx. I them.
0: really, I only kind of know the name because it's funny. Um, well, in any event, blah blah blah. So uh, she has these blue blocker sunglasses, and Sarah had the question: What is the blue exactly that they are blocking? Because you noted that everything looks really blue. So how is it if they block blue things? Why does everything look I'm really blue? Be the
6: simplest that I know, but Wait,
0: I don't know the answer. And here's the other thing I don't know: I don't know if blue blocker is is that a generic name. Uh, Or is that like a Kleenex or Xerox thing, where that's the brand name, but now it's become the generic? So if you know, we'd like to know. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show.
9: Yeah, hey, Rick. Hey. Um, I know nothing about the sunglasses, but uh, I just wanted to say that if you and Laura did decide to go to Hawaii, you might find yourself, if you play your cards right, in a position where Jim neighbor offered to let you uh, eat his nuts.
0: All right, thank you.
9: Yeah, have a lovely
0: day. Yeah, okay, thanks so much. Uh, let's let's bring the curtain down on Macadamia and that You're the one who started it. I know I started it. Because otherwise I can see it just taking over the rest of the hour. Uh, hi, you on the... Did you know that there are two streets in Vegas, one each, named Gomer and Pyle? Weird. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show.
5: Hey, Rick. It's Andy, the homeschool kid. It's Oh, uh, yes.
0: How are you, Andy?
5: Good. So, I know... had two things. Real quick here. The oh, first... I mean, yes? The first thing is... My mom went on Google and searched Hawaii Baselink contractors Uh huh. and didn't tell me what she found, but told me that I should have you go on Google. I don't know why. Right, hold on. Sure.
0: Let's Let's stop here, Eddie. So did, was your mom listening, or did you bring this up to her?
5: I mentioned it to her.
0: All right. So your mom went on Google, found the result, which she then wouldn't tell you. She and told instructed... me
5: part of it, but it didn't have anything to do with whether or not...
0: Let me ask you. That's the bottom line here, Andy. Do you know whether or not basements in Hawaii exist?
5: I know some do because the state capitol building has one.
0: So the state capitol building in Hawaii. Here's a dumb question. What's the capital of Hawaii?
5: (laughs) Oh, I know this, but now I can't remember. No. Is is it one of those? It's like all vowels. Yeah, I think it is.
0: Yeah. Right. All right. Oh, Honolulu. Okay. Oh, there we go. That's what I said. Uh Hello um, um, okay, but there's a basement in the uh, cabin, in the courthouse or whatever the state building in in Honolulu,
5: yes, and apparently there's an interesting story about the print shop okay. i don't know what it is
0: the print shop
5: in in the state capitol building all right in there's, the
0: basement. so there's an interesting story, but you don't know what it is.
5: My mom wouldn't tell me, she just said' been this whole this has been one whole.
0: Call of thwarted expectations, Andy. Yes.
5: The other thing is actually something no. I know considerably more about, yes. which is you guys were talking yesterday about the supposed fire at uh, the Washington the supo- Fairground. The, su- the supposed What's fire. the
6: supposed flame? The, the alleged, alleged fire
0: that allegedly destroyed an alleged building.
5: Yes. Yes. I live not too far from there, uh-huh. and I've, I have walk. There's a path behind it that goes up to the MAX station and such.
0: Yes, and such.
5: That... I walk by there, and almost every time there 's this big bonfire there. nobody's watching it or guarding it or anything there 's just this bonfire going okay, that's
10: the, people that 's funny that 's really
5: funny at the back of the Washington fairgrounds, and I assume they 're burning garbage or something, but can 't figure out why nobody's watching to make sure it doesn 't go ravage the entire town
0: maybe, maybe nobody was watching. Excellent. That's, okay, now we have to look into it. All right, thank you, my friends. You're welcome. Andy, thank you. Call us anytime. That's uh, Andy, the homeschool kid. All right, let's answer the blue blocker question, then we'll break, come back early uh, with news and a great top five. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show.
3: Hello. Hey. Hey, so um, about the blue blocker thing, the, yeah. uh, the blue is, it blocks, it blocks ultraviolet rays from coming to your eyes.
0: Now, okay. why do why they say blue, though? Are ultraviolet rays considered to be blue? You can't see them.
3: Well, no, no, the, uh, well, uh, if you look at like 90% of, uh, of cars' windshields that have a little visor. Yeah. You know, it, it tends to be blue. Sure. Um, right. my, my, my Jetta that I used to have had, had blue mirrors on the outside. It's just to protect your, your retinas, your beautiful retinas from getting, uh, UV.
0: Now, nah, but her sung, okay, let me ask you this. So her sunglass lenses though are orange.
3: But they turn everything blue, right?
0: yes, yeah, cause I think
3: it's, it's some kind of anti prismatic thing that it, that it it does they, genius. yeah,' because, like
6: I'm looking at grass, and when I ride by grass or trees or anything, all of it looks blue, so we've like got all the yellow so the if same it,
3: thing with like polarized lenses and stuff like that too. Um, a lot of polarized lenses actually do a little bit of blue so to, they, uh, so
0: they block blue, but they also paradoxically make things look more blue
3: well, yeah, well, they don't block blue, the blue blocks the u v rays from coming in.
0: So even though her lenses look like they are orange, you're saying they're really blue.
3: They actually have a layer of blue. Interesting. In a... That's,
0: that's, hey, that's weird. hey,
3: actually, um, I got a up. couple of other little, uh, little things. You know how that impression you do at Dave Zinn all the time? Yeah. I've never seen the guy. I don't know what he looks like, but I, I, every time you do that impression, it always makes me think of that guy. Uh, not Jack Black, but the other guy that the, works in the That's how everybody
0: describes him too. That guy in High Fidelity, that's not Jack Black. That's how everybody yeah, just, just yeah. like.
3: Um, we are we going to go out, but it looks like you're reorganizing your records, you
0: know. That. <laughs> Excellent. Fantastic. All right. Take care. <laughs> Thank guys. you. Bye. Bye. What is it? What does the guy say? Because he's talking to John Cusack and I'm doing it a different way. I'm doing it in order of purchase or whatever. And then the guy, the Dave Zinn guy says something like he has like a one word response, which is, you know, like it's like he's unprecedented or something. I forget what it is. Uh, all right. One more. I uh, sense this is going to be a long call. All right. Why? Why do you think so? Hello. Hi. Uh, sir, what are you calling about?
9: Well, I was going to give part of my top five reasons to listen to the Rick Emerson show. Not oh, not a nice all call. of. Part of? A part. Well, I only have four.
0: <laughs> so you have a top <laughs> four reason. You can't come up with a fifth.
9: Well, I am on the freeway. One of them is music education. Okay. One of them is. I can find out what's on TV. Okay. One of them is comments like, my name is Tosis. I live on the second floor. (laughs) That's why, yeah, that made me nervous. That was very funny. Thank you. And, of course, the number one reason is so you can hear the top five. All
0: right, excellent. Okay, well, if you you ever come up with a fifth, you know, like the woodshed. By the way, Joan
9: Rivers' husband's name is Edgar.
0: Edgar. That's the guy. All right. My dead husband, Edgar. All right, thank you. You're welcome. Better drive safely so you call us anytime, my friend. Thank you. All right, thank you. That's Roger. All right, let's take a oh, break that here. That was a great call. That was a great call. I got a terrible book in the mail. <gasps> what is it about? Let's, uh, let's break here. It was for Matt Peterson.
6: Oh, crap. I was trying to play something off of YouTube, but I just remembered I'm not
0: attached. No. I was playing uh, Luca. Um, So, uh,
4: is this a novel? I can't tell. What's if... the name of it?
0: Well, I'm trying to figure it out. It's a Doesn't novel. Have a title. First. It does, but I'm not going to read it yet. I'm going to make you wait. Now you have to wait. All right, back after this with Tim Riley and then a great top five. Don't go anywhere. It's the Rick Emerson radio. This is Richie. I'm looking at the Richie screens calls. By the way, one of the lines. It's all Richie's description is blah 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 blah. This guy on line two won't shut up. <laughs> all right, back after this. You stay there. get <laughs> Welcome, Tim. Mm-hmm. So, burning down the village to save it—that's what that is.
1: People still think they the way they did in the 1950s. Yes, they do.
0: Ladies and before we do this righteous top five, by the way. Apparently, if you do a Google search for basements in Hawaii, the first link in Google is to a blog post about us talking about basements in Hawaii. We rule. Here's Tim Riley, the Ministry of Truth. And now, from the Ministry of Truth,
4: this is Tim Riley.
1: Well, we can all take our lucky stars that Washington State has its own system to track its cattle and keep diseased meat out of the food chain.
9: A number of disease programs that have eradicated disease in the past uh, have been uh, eliminated from the federal system, so we have less data and less information.
7: That's
1: right. If the feds come in, they're going to ruin all the uh,
9: Washingtonian cattle. Cattle move more frequently than other animals, and thus the chances for a disease to spread, there's a greater chance.
0: Woo! Oh, wait. No, I'm sorry. That's bad. <laughs> I, that I was terribly wrong. You with you. I don't know why I was wooing that. Uh, I don't. That was, that was like what? yesterday when
6: you were talking about millions of dead cats and I'm laughing. Not because of the cats, but because
0: you like, said the car thing and then I was delayed. What, what, what were you saying? That was terribly what? No, I was paying attention to it. It was about meat. Oh, okay. I, uh, and by the way, that, that dead cat posting, apparently one of our listeners wrote that. A guy emailed me and said, my dad and I wrote that as a goof. Thanks for reading it, Aurora.
6: Oh, so it was a joke. Yeah. Thank God. He's like, we
0: were just writing to screw with people. You're cool. So uh, apparently, apparently we made the guys weak by writing his fake-ass, rotten neighbor entry. Time for Britney Watch. Here's your Britney Watch for uh, Wednesday on the Rick Emerson Radio program. <laughs>
1: So Paparazzo Admin Galeb is bragging to friends and he's going to be Britney Spears' baby. You see, Britney is his dream come true. He knows that if he has a child with Brit, he'll have it made for life. Britney's family, of course, is not happy about it. Wait, yep. is it.
7: Is
0: uh, he's, he's saying he impregnated her? Yes, sweet. Mm-hmm. Oh, please let it be true.
1: Her parents know she can't handle more children. <laughs>
0: <laughs> there been keep her away from wash tubs. There have been no, um, you know, there's been no drama with her lately.
6: No, her her parents have really been keeping her under wraps. She's
1: been banned from Beverly Hills Hotel. Do you want me to continue? This is a luxury hotel, but Britney Spears may not go there anymore. Page six says the staff has specific instructions to turn her away. That's so great. People come here to get away from all that. She's bringing too much trouble with her. What footage of her being denied? The entire staff is required to attend a meeting that specifically says she must be turned away. There is one person assigned to come outside and start directing the process of... Getting her to turn away. You know,
0: here's the other thing about it is it's not just that uh, her dad has her under control or at least hidden from sight. It's that she has just set the bar so high for herself in terms of what will shock us.
7: Mm-hmm.
0: But I'm not saying I've learned we've learned no, to no longer say, you know, we no longer say what could she do now? It's just that she really would have to work hard at this point. So just her being drunk or showing her vagina to everybody—that doesn't cut it anymore. So it, 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 at this point, we really are like junkies who need more and more mm-hmm. to get high. You know, so. Uh, Jamie Lynn
1: Spears has passed her GED and is looking forward to college. A fruitful life awaits. A 16-year-old uh, pregnant star of Zoe 101 has said to be taking her high school equivalency exam about a month ago. Scored well, especially on reading. <laughs> Uh, meanwhile, her uh, sister spent three hours with her son's Monday, having recently regained some of her visitation rights. And now Jamie Lynn Spears may be five months pregnant, but she isn't ready to reveal her telltale baby bump to the world. In fact, the Star Magazine reports a 16-year-old is in complete denial about the changes in her body and is doing all she can to conceal the evidence. Jamie Lynn has been uh, wrapping two-inch wide ace bandages tightly around her stomach to hide that bump.
0: That's good for a baby.
1: God. Uh, that's the result of another source calling Jamie Lynn's severe body image issue, brought on by her sudden change from cute little television star to pregnant teenager.
0: I've heard of binding feet, but never binding a fetus. Now
1: she's seeing, her, uh, seeing herself uh, ballooning, and she just can't handle it.
0: Ballooning. <laughs> have fun, Sago.
6: So what's— so Is she giving away the baby still, or is she gonna is she have it? Giving it, it away? Uh, she's going uh, to good college. people
0: never give it away, Sarah. I don't know. I mean, so the, the, she
6: was saying that she's going to college, but then uh, you, then she thinks she's gonna raise
0: the baby. Do you think? Do we? Do you think the Spears family maybe sees the new baby as like another chance to get it right? You know what I mean? Okay, look. Here's another clean slate. Here's another. Here's another blank check we can start with.
7: Jesus. All
0: right. Well that's enough for now. There you go, there's your Britney watch for, uh, Wednesday. There's, in no concrete,
8: there's, a there's, in she
0: there's Nickel Arcade, ladies and gentlemen. Without further ado, let's roll a truly great top five for Wednesday on the Rick Emerson Show. Five,
8: four, three, two, one, fire. Counting is wonderful. Counting is marvelous. Counting Counting's the best thing to do. Counting is happiness. Counting is ecstasy. I love to count.
0: Don't. And ladies and gentlemen, with a listener generated top five, here is the one and only Tim Riley.
1: And from time to time, we turn the reins of our top five over to an outside source, somebody well versed in the ways of music, and someone whose thoughts deserve airing. Listener Brian, formerly of Oregon Music Guide, submits this list of the top five songs who are
0: victims of their own success. These are the top five songs that are great, uh, but who have uh, fallen victim to their own popularity in one way or another. Awesome. With honorable mention, going to Don McLean with American
1: Pie.
8: Did you write the book of love in
0: Totally He notes that listeners embraced the song for years because it's catchy, but then discarded it with other light rock from the 70s. He said, now when we hear it, it's considered another product of a bygone era. Lost in transition has been the depth of the lyrics and how much meaning the song carries with it. teach me how to dance. Oh what a beautiful song
8: uh-huh. Well I know that you're in love with him cause I saw you dancing in the gym. You both kicked
1: off. And the flip side of this faded in with American
0: Pie part I, right? Because it was it, they couldn't fit on one side of the record, right. unless it was the atel record. Um, with a
8: pink carnation and a pickup truck.
0: How did radio stations do that? Did they, they play part two? Is that true? Did radio stations maybe only, the FMs did? Where did part one end? What did it fade out on? Do you know? I don't remember. It must have faded on a chorus. They had to have faded it on a chorus. Because by the time I worked in radio, you know, they were playing the whole thing off a card. Well, maybe they. Well, no, because I guess they played it on vinyl. That's a good question. Actually, I'm gonna find. I'm gonna try to find a uh, copy somehow to figure out where they fade that. What a crime. Yeah. Boy, what an abomination the radio edit is! Mm-hmm. Just as a music lover, the radio edit of a song. No, no, no! I know you've written this eight and a half piece of a minute piece of art. Can we cut it down to four minutes for radio? And Speed Jesus. it up. Yeah, can we can we speed it up by two percent to add fake excitement? Jesus, goddamn things suck! All right, uh... not anymore. <laughs>
1: Well, the little box you put in your pocket, you can pull it out whenever you want on there. No, don't Tim, it Tim, that's
0: not true, Tim. I'm tired of picking my own music. Are you getting iPod fatigue? <laughs> yes, I am. Yes, I am. <laughs> Tim, 200 songs is enough for anybody. I suppose so. These are the top five songs that victims of their own success. Number five, Baby Me One More Time. Oh. <laughs> well, I guess they're both accurate now. He says, let's get this out of the way up front. Britney Spears is a wreck of a human being. That doesn't change the fact it's a well-written pop song with amazing production. People can dismiss it as simple pop, but that's a superficial response that shows an inability to see beyond window dressing. For a better insight into how great the song is, check out Travis's melancholy cover of it. Or many, who is the other, Sarah, you have a band that you like that did a cover of this there some band you listen to that did a great cover of this? Well, I think, like, Me First
6: did a cover of it. Yeah.
0: Travis, who's a British pop band, did a really downbeat, melancholy cover. i that. That's beautiful. It beautiful. It's beautiful. It's an amazing song. It's, And for people who say that pop music is easy to write, the only people who say that are people who've never tried to do it. I mean, writing a successful pop song is hard. It's damn hard. I mean, you know, if writing a pop song was easy, every song would be a hit. There would be no dud Records. It's not easy. Shoot, it's a great song. It really is. Tim? Number four. I will always love you. Oh, I love that song. Dolly Parton?
6: Here they
1: come, Dolly Parton. That's what the jocks used to say back when they played Oh, really? Was that
0: their idea of this? Here
6: they come. Here
0: they come. Dolly Parton. This is such a beautiful song. It is. now, you know the Dolly version of this, don't you, sir? Oh, yeah. Can I tell you, you want to talk about a song that just is a heartbreaker? Is this song.
7: Uh,
0: anyway, he says, um, written by Dolly when she broke away from Porter Wagner. I didn't know that it was about leaving Porter Wagner, though. I didn't either. It says it's a hauntingly beautiful ta- song told in simple terms. Of course, the... the um, He says the good and bad, of course, is Whitney Houston's version, gave the song exposure, made Dolly some money, but it's become a cheesy love song that people don't care to listen to any longer. The perception, anyway. Bonus points for being used at the end of Best Little Horror House in Texas. But I mean, that that is, it's totally true that it's a very simple, plainly written song. Very straightforward. Just come listen to how beautiful this is.
7: Memory, that's all I. I'm taking with me
6: she has such a beautiful, delicate voice. Yeah. Like there's no... She's just, it's so natural. She's not pushing it.
10: Like a warbling chicken. Mm-hmm.
7: That,
0: I that line when she says goodbye, please don't cry. We both know I'm not what you need. I know. And then she does this little... Uh, she does this little spoken word thing towards the end here. That's why I'm glad we started this top five earlier. I wanted to be able to play some of these. This little section right here.
2: I hope life
8: treats you kind. And I hope that
2: you have all that you ever need. And
0: don't listen to this on a day when you're pretty depressed, by the way.
2: And I wish you joy.
8: All
7: of this, I wish you love.
0: Ah, Jesus. So great. This is listener Brian's list of the top five songs that are the victims of their own success. Number three, Freebird with Leonard Skinner. Of course. Mm. He says at one in four shows, if there's a dead spot, some mouth breather in the crowd will yell out, Freebird. It's not that they expect the band to play it or even that they want to hear it. It's just part of the concert experience. This southern rock epic deserves better. Ignore perceptions of the uh, of the band or their audience and listen to the way the song builds into a beautiful frenzy. It really is an amazingly beautiful song. Buffy the Vampire Slayer actually used this on to great effect in season four, I think. Uh, has anybody here seen Elizabethtown? No. no. Elizabethtown's not a great movie. It's decent. But there is a great sequence at the end. Where Cameron Crowe uses Freebird almost all the way through mm-hmm. I think he uses like the whole eight minutes almost and you could tell that it was his attempt to redeem the song to make it fresh for kind of a new generation it really is it's strange how the song has sort of become you know such a punchline to a lot of people but goddamn, it's a beautiful song it really is it's and it, it does it does really follow that great you know. What's now become, you know, sort of an anthem template where it just builds and builds and builds. Wow, you hit the vocal.
8: That's
0: what I do, Tim. Hitting the post. I don't think anybody ever talked to the post on Freebird, though. Or maybe they did. I remember listening to a guy once trying to hit the post on Stairway to Heaven. You made it sound so easy. Well, Tim. You know, it's... uh, I was trying to work a joke there. I got nothing. Hmm. I've told the story, about I had a horrible, like, what the, I think, absolute final screaming breakup fight with a girl that I dated for a long time, very seriously. And uh, this this song started playing in the background, and I just wanted to kill myself. Oh, I thought you said so you no. had to try to talk it up. No.
1: <laughs> Honey,
10: hold
0: on. Let me hit this pulse. No, no, no.
8: We'll get back to... You bitch! Oh, did I hit it?
0: <laughs> you whore! I... Oh, wait, hold on. Uh, okay, get it.
8: <laughs>
0: <laughs> Give me back my records! Hold on, sweetie, i got to hit the vocal Counting on the top five songs that are the victims of their own success Tim Riley Number two is Stay to Heaven, The Led Zeppelin Uh, Anyway, he says um, Prior to the Led Zeppelin reunion show, I saw fans making dream set lists And this song has left off most of them The reason is it's just about the most overplayed song in history And people don't feel the need to hear it again Reports from the show, however, say that fans remembered why it became legendary. I have uh, I have now heard and seen, I've seen, I, I've seen, I've seen a bootleg DVD of that show, the London show, and they really pull it off. They nail it. They really do make you care about it again. God, what a great, what a great song this is. I mean, really, I know it that sounds like a dumb thing to say, but... And, you know, it's weird to think that one day there, you know, there was a day in 1971 where Stairway to Heaven didn't exist. And then Robert and Jimmy sat around a fireplace one night, and they wrote this. And the next day, stairway to heaven existed. You can't think of somebody just sitting down and writing this song. Mm. Oh, did it cut off? I think that's me. I think. I oh, may have you accidentally... made them
6: all so short.
0: Uh, that's me. I think I may have accidentally uh, cut the end of that. Well, we'll let that go by. Well, Helen, it was right before the vocal of the, and that's you know, me. That's no, as the kids say. Uh, as the kids say that's uh that's things are mine. going well till then.
10: <laughs> things were going well
0: until he cut off the vocal and stairway to heaven <laughs> like like a dick. Number one, okay, this is the these are the uh, top five songs uh, that are the victims of their own success. Bohemian
1: Rhapsody with Queen.
0: He just says, "Damn you Wayne and Garth, one of the most amazingly crafted songs of the past forty years, but it's hard to hear it now without flashing to Wayne's world. I've spent large amounts of time listening to the song and wondering what the writing process must have been like. Then imagining, I think about this all the time, imagining the looks on the faces of label executives trying to wrap their heads around this when Freddie Mercury played it for them. A daring piece of music, one of the hundreds of reasons to love Queen. I cannot imagine some guys at EMI or whatever the record label is. So, uh, Freddie, what's a new song? Another We Will Rock You? Uh you know another crazy little thing called love what have you got for us another 3 minute and then he plays them this insane song this how beautiful is this you know the, this part kind of gets overlooked because of the opera section which is this beautiful ballad at the beginning and then it just becomes this like insane opera thing with, like a, a thousand freddie mercury singing all before digital recording by the way doing it all on tape baby and then it and then it becomes a rock song again and then it becomes a ballad I would just love to have been there in the room as the song ended and just seeing the label guys going, uh, well, <laughs>
8: what? I see a little silhouette of a man. Scaramouche, Scaramouche, will you do the and very, very thing.
0: And these voices, and I think almost all of this is just Freddie Mercury. And then the other guys from Queen do some other vocals. But I mean... No digital, no effects, no Pro Tools. No pitch shifter. I mean, you had to hit the
7: note.
0: This is the one that made me smile today. As I was creating this, top, I was listening to this and just had the biggest grin, because can't you see Freddie Mercury just putting it on, going, here's the new song. And they just had no idea. This never gets old. Now listen to how beautiful that is.
8: Limo, <laughs> it's just hilarious and great feet,
0: oh, there you go top five songs the victims of their own success by listener brian back after this
8: Get up, get coffee. Code Monkey, go to job. Code Monkey, have boring meeting. Boring manager Rob. Rob, say Code Monkey, very diligent, but his output stinks. His code not functional or elegant. What do Code Monkey think? Code Monkey, think baby manager, wanna write goddamn login page himself. Code Monkey, not say it. Monkey not crazy Just proud of God. God, monkey Like sweetos Road monkey like and Mountain Dew Road monkey very simple man With big, warm fuzzy secret heart Code monkey like you Code monkey like you Front desk, till your sweater look nice. Cold monkey, I'll you soda. Bring you cup, bring you ice. You say no thank you for the soda, cause soda make you fat. Anyway, you busy with the telephone, no time for chat. Cold monkey, have long walk back to cubicle. Sit down, pretend to work. Cold monkey, now Like Tritos, Code Muggy, like tab and Mountain Dew, Code very simple man, Big Fuzzy, Secret Heart, like Monkey thinks someday he have everything, even pretty girl like you. Code Monkey just waiting for now. Code Monkey thinks someday. Somehow Code Monkey likes Fritos. Code Monkey like Sal and Mountain Dew. Code Monkey very simple man. Big warm monkey secret heart. Code Monkey like Blue.
0: I there we go. Uh, we now enter the saddest part of the Broadcasting Dead final segment of the Rick Emerson Show. That is Jonathan Colton. Uh, uh, I
6: really, really like that song. How great is that song? It's great. Yeah, I like it.
0: And that's called uh, Code Monkey. Uh, it's from his album called Thing A Week 3. Uh, which is because he has a site where he puts up one song every week, thing a week. So uh, it's also the theme song to the G4 show Code Monkeys, which oh, is what yeah. Lowe told me about. He was all stoked about it. Yeah, it's a, it's a funny show. It really is. So that's the theme song to it. That's Code Monkey by Jonathan Coulton. Um, all right. Uh, let's see. We have time for one call. Sarah Choose wisely. One... Should I just hit one? I don't know hit what I need. Anyone... Hit one at random. Okay. There we go. Hi, a random caller. You are finishing the show. Hi, don't suck.
3: Hey, what's going on, you guys? What's How up? you doing? What do you got, hey, brother?
7: You
3: know, I, you know, I was, uh, like, well, while I agree that Bohemian Rhapsody, you know, is, you know, it's given a bad rap by Wayne's World, that was actually my introduction to Queen.
0: Really? Well, no, it's a, it's a great, great song, and you know what? If a lot of people discovered it through that movie, you know, God love them. It's just a, you know, it it, it for a lot of people, though, it has, you know, you can't listen to it without seeing Wayne and Garth, unfortunately.
3: Well, well, that's true. Me and my friend were just discussing it last weekend. But I think the song that got the Queen song that got the worst uh, reputation is uh, "We We
0: Will Rock You." You. Yeah, but you know what? I love "We Will Rock You" too. It's a really good, powerful, macho song. Uh, You know, from like this, like the biggest flaming gay guy on earth. But it's like just the biggest, like fist in your face, eh, which has been ruined by having having played at five billion sporting events. Exactly, yeah, and
3: any and sporting event you go to, there it is, right. you know
0: Thank you, my friend Thank you There you go, that was a good call that, to end That on.
3: was a great well call
0: Well done Cold monkey like you, sir uh, all right, let's see. Uh, Rick Emerson Show produced today and every day by the lovely and talented Sarah X-Dillon for AM 977 State Radio. In the newsroom, Tim Riley and the phone's Richie Bristol. Dave's in as the gatekeeper. Webmistress is Bridget upstairs. And, of course, CBS Radio Portland Marketing Guru, Susan Reynolds. We want to thank CNN Radio correspondent Lisa Desjardins and Mr. Skin. Tomorrow, Dorothy Carceseri for the National Enquirer. Lycus, uh at 3. Donna Mike at 7. Uh, the Rick Emerson Show will be back tomorrow at 11. The recap is at 10. See you all then. I regret nothing.
8: Uh, I'm huge. Yeah!